Why this fool got more comics than a motherfucker? to MCMF, the comic book podcast where I try to get you, dear listener, into the wonderful world of comic books by making my friends read those comic books. We got a special episode coming up. Uh, we are doing, for the first time, maybe the last time, if we can't, <laughs> if we do the thing that we do and go on a million tangents and this episode ends up being four hours, I'm not doing this shit again. But if it goes well, <laughs> we're, we're going to do more like this. Uh, for the first time, we have a three-person booth uh for this episode um so joining me to talk about new x-men academy x uh first the patron saint of the Macaroot. it's will hello ladies and gentlemen and ladies and gentlemen all right and uh the mcmf lesbian correspondent it's jesse <laughs> hello i felt like being <laughs> Like the four hour episode comment was uh, a little targeted. <laughs> hey, uh, you're not the only one who's. Alex is also a deadline. They huh? get shorter by 30 minutes every time I'm here. <laughs> well, we did. We See, the smart thing, the smart thing we did here was that we did not pick a 10 episode, a 10 issue stretch. <laughs> no, I counted this time. There are five, there there are five issues. Six. It's six because okay. we're doing uh, we're doing issue twelve too. Uh, so yeah, we included that one. Yeah, there um, should be five. No, six including the funeral. You're right. Yeah, six. Um, still shorter. Also, so three issues less every time I show up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because we did twelve for Batgirl. Yeah, and then nine for Children's Academy. Yeah, uh, Children's Crusade. Uh, so what we uh. This came up because, Will, you suggested it a while back, um, doing an Academy X episode, and uh, you specifically were like, hey, I would love to do this with Jesse. So it's like, all right, let's yes. let's give this a shot. Uh, and yes. you guys both have a lot more experience with this book than I do. Like, I'm familiar with some of the cast. Like, I've read a lot of stuff with, um, with Prodigy in it. Uh... Wind Dancer has popped up in some stuff. Um, Elixir is like a really important character now. Yeah, uh, very. Surge. Uh, God. The the more the less I say about Surge now, the better. <laughs> uh, and Wither was in a uh, was in Necrotia. He was like an important yeah. character in Necrotia. And you know it's it's kind of weird because um, I kind of obsessed over this arc because I just love these kids. I love this this generation of mutants. Mm -hmm. But I kind of famously stopped reading comics for a long time. So anything really past like Gizm that involves any of them, I've only really just heard about. In right. The but anyhow, the... we're talking this time period. I'm I'm locked in. <laughs> I have the opposite entrance where I um, read Prodigy in Young Avengers, and then I read X Factor by Leah Williams and uh, David Baldeon, which is great. And a bunch of Academy X kids show up in that. And I was like, who 
are these people? I don't know <laughs> anything about them. So last year, I read all of these <laughs> issues and was quite shocked at how violent this book is. Oh, this book is nuts! <laughs> Ooh, for, for a teen comic, so many people die. Yeah, post-comics code, pre-Disney Marvel is just like, all right, what can we do? What, what do we got? And I, I read this, so if I remember correctly, uh, there was a short-lived series called Young X-Men that was not nearly as good. Yeah. Um, and I read Young X-Men as it was releasing, and so I kind of went back and reread this, and one of the common taglines they would say a lot in publications around this time is that this group of kids was the last generation of the X-Men. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's bloody, man. It gets bloody. Because they were really supposed to be at, like this. This the issues we're going to talk about happened around the time of the death, like right before and immediately after the decimation. Yeah, yeah. So it's like there. These would have been like the last generation of mutants, and they're getting trained by the new mutants. Which is funny because the first. Uh, thing we're going to talk about starts in an issue of a book called New Mutants. Uh, which is weird that they did that. <laughs> I'll say. Yeah. Because um, like, for those of you that don't know, the original New Mutants is um, that started in 1983, ran from 1983 to 1991. Um, and great it's, book. Great Fantastic book. book. Um, so that introduces uh, Karma, Cannonball, Mirage, uh, Cypher, Magic, Sunspot, Wolfsbane, Sunspot, and is there Cannonball. Even... Oh, is Cannonball. Oh, and Warpath. There's nine of them. Warpath and Cable, too, show up in that. Oh, yeah. And Deadpool, uh, by the way. And, uh, Deadpool shows up in New Mutants night, number 91. Yeah, right before it becomes fucking... Uh-huh. Right before it becomes X-Force. Uh-huh. Um, so then those characters grow up and are teaching the new, new generation of mutants. So this book is originally called New Mutants because it centers mostly on Danny and Karma uh, teaching the new students. In issue seven of that run, uh, Wolfsbane, Rain Sinclair, returns for the first time. This is her first time back since Moira died, right? Yes. Uh, Quote, unquote, died. Uh, the golems. The, yes, the, the, the Shi'ar golem <laughs> pretending to be Moira McTaggart died. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. In great hindsight. Um, so Rain comes back and Rain uh, initially bristles at him, uh, Josh Foley, Elixir. And I can get why anyone, a student, a, a student who is a, uh, specifically is the legal ward of Danny Moonstar. Yeah. <laughs> they, like, the thing with Elixir, and I think is a prodigy that says it about him, that he's so desperate to be to fit in and to be liked that he const- he's constantly changing himself. Yeah. yeah. Which we all knew that kid. I feel like we all went to school with a kid. Like we that. all knew that kid. We all knew that kid who would just lie about shit for no reason. Yep. Like, you, you shouldn't have, why lie about that? What's gained? Uh, like, uh, did y'all school have the, the kid that, whose uncle works for, like, the CIA or some shit? 
<laughs> My dad works for Nintendo, kid. Yeah, that kid. Yep. <laughs> uh, I the, at my school, it was a girl who would, uh, swore that Johnny Depp was her uncle. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, like Leonor, everybody likes you already. You don't have to lie. <laughs> like we're like in the eighth grade, and it's like, yeah, you're already pretty and funny. Everybody already likes you. You don't have to lie. And if you're gonna lie, lie quieter. Lie Take a better lie. Right! You should say something else. Um, but Josh takes a liking to Rain and is really trying to impress her. At the, this is what, issue 11 of that, they they kiss and she gets her powers back. Yeah, she asks because she has been depowered. Uh, right, that, for reasons that gun unrelated that, to Wanda. Uh, it was the gun asks that for her powers me, back. Right? Yep. Yeah. And she gets her powers back after they kiss. Once again, she is a teacher now. Uh, yeah. And he is 16. Right. And she mauls him in the process. Yep. Almost kills him. Almost kills him. Uh, and Serge, who has recently come to the school, uh, restarts his heart, which turns his... So he wakes up and heals himself, because that's his power, is to heal. Uh... And then Josh and Rain begin, like, an off-page relationship in secret. She is his teacher. <laughs> it, is, it is not off-page enough. It is. <laughs> it is very, very on-page. They kiss too many times. It... Oh, it uh. <laughs> You know, I requested to dunk on Rain this episode. Yeah, we all wanted to, to shoot on Rain. Uh, I think when we were uh, talking about in the Discord, um, we talked about the art a little bit. And one thing that I will say that that the art of this uh, of this run kind of does is that so the art shift that happens it makes Rain look like she got like ten years older out of nowhere. Yes. Oh yeah. And it makes it so uncomfortable. Rain looks because, older than like, Danny here. Yes, because initially you're like, okay, yeah, she's a teacher, but you know, they're not that far off in age. And then the art change happens, and you're like, oh, that's his aunt. Oh. <laughs> that is his TT, like. You know? Ooh. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah, like, she looks like the... Mary Jane Watson here. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> Especially in the Academy X book. Because uh, in the New Mutants book, it's like a very, very cartoony style, and they all just yeah. kind of seem similar. But once you get to Academy X, absolutely. She wears, like, a pencil skirt at one point and is wearing, like, professional clothing and they make out in a classroom. Uh, and I I wanted to die. Oh, I'm squirming thinking about it. It's just bad. It's ungood. Un because it's, like, I would like to posit the age gap between them is bad, but I've seen worse. Like, yeah. that's not the thing that makes it super gross. Like, it'd be weird... Uh, like, if it was just that. Like, you'd be like, huh, don't like that. But, like, the fact that she is, A, his teacher, and, B, shares a sister-like relationship with his legal guardian, it's fucked up! It's and, so like, Danny, Danny flat out says, this is the closest thing I have to a son. Yeah. At one point. Like, it's, yeah, she it's, does. It's not like, oh, I adopted my younger brother. No, 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 she... She has that emotion for this kid. Right, she sees you know? Elixir as her son. 
Oops! Wait, what, the, what the fuck? It's it's so horrifying. It's so horrifying. So, um, oh jeez, like they explicitly state so many times that Rain is nineteen. However, she's still like a faculty member at this school. Right. Which, yeah. by the way, quick question. The level of not the non-existent level of credentials that you need to be to teach at the Xavier to, School to for Gifted Youngsters. <laughs> to teach at the I Xavier School, you, no degree. you simply have to be a mutant uh, who is over the age of 18 um, and have a cursory knowledge of some skill. Like, yep. yeah. like karma is the French teacher. You know why it's karma is the French teacher? You know why Karma's the French teacher? Because she speaks French. That's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And it makes sense if there's like a power like um uh I almost called him Quicksilver. He's not Quicksilver. North Star. Uh he has silver hair in this comic though. Oh, it's so, so weird. I don't like it. I, I am I think I'm allowed to mix him and Quicksilver up. They're both very fast and very mean. Uh <laughs> No, North Star teaches like the flying class, which makes sense because North Star can fly. Right. That's a good thing to have someone with like no credentials show up and teach. That's like a vocational training kind of situation. Right. Like, what the fuck is Rain teaching? She's in a classroom. She's teaching a subject. Rain, who did not go to school. <laughs> her school was definitely palling around in uh, knockoff X Men costumes. That was her school. Like her school was hanging out with a fucking cannonball. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think Sam Guthrie is teaching anybody? Isn't Sam an X Man right now? Yes, I think he is. I think he's like on the team. Yeah, I think Sam and I. I want to say no. This is too late for Chamber to uh, to be an X Man still, but like. The Gen X New Mutants crossover is hilarious because they're supposed to be new gen like separate generations, but because of the Marvel sliding time scale, they're all like the same age. Yeah. Yeah, like, usually I don't care about ages in comics because it's just a rabbit hole that no good will come from. But when they tell me multiple times Yeah, a character's age. The character's ages. It's it's upsetting. <laughs> like Sunspot should be a few years older than Monet. He is not. <laughs> <laughs> Sunspot and Monet are roughly both like 25. Kit Kitty Pride and Karma should be a few years apart. They went to college together. Which granted, I mean you could you could still hand wave that away and say that, you know, they're college and high school. So they could, you know, Kitty could have been in high school a little bit longer, maybe. Right. I, 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 I do want to say something really quick, but I want to go on a record here and the official record of this podcast to say that I, I currently do and always have fucking hated the team name New Mutants. It's a bad name. It's so bad. And they keep doubling down <laughs> on it. They just keep doubling down on it and fucking hate it. And they I never it thought about it too hard. <laughs> it's not a good like, name. I hate it so much. Because <laughs> like Imagine if they had called the new team, the book that was called New Teen Titans, if they called that team New Teen, Titans, new Teen Titans, it would be really dumb. Putting no. new before it, it's like the New Avengers. They're never on page referred to as the New Avengers. They're just the Avengers. And like, even now, like they, 
Like, and I think that's probably what uh, what irks me about it is that they just run with the name. Like, even well past this, anytime any combination of normally Danny Cannonball and whoever else is alive at the time gets together, they clearly go by New Mutants. Like yeah. in universe, they're just called the New Mutants. Yes. I'm like, no, you're knocking on thirty. You're not the New Mutants anymore. <laughs> Can we also Sam say is a that father. The... <laughs> Can we also say that the name Hellions is far superior? Oh, as uh, as every just like team a name. They name. Come every villain team has a better name. The Hellions, the Marauders, the Reavers. Well, that's why the current run of X-Men keeps taking all the villain team names and making <laughs> books named after them. They literally just announced the Exterminators, which I'm so excited about. Uh, well, Exterminators... exterminators okay, they were weird, kind of heroes. They were kind of... Well, whatever. the dumb thing was that the Exterminators was the hero name. The X-Factor was the mutant hunter codename. Exterminators so was the real team. When so, it totally should have been the reverse. Yeah. But you're right. But the Hellions, the Marauders, the uh, they they're good names. They're good names. They are. And like the so for some backstory for uh folks who haven't read this book, uh the way they kind of train the this generation of mutants is they all break them up into roughly five to seven person teams and they all have team names and they all have like a team mentor. Right. And one of them is the Hellions, very much team Hellion. Uh, I will hear no slander. <laughs> for me, I am I am outnumbered here on this episode because I asked, I asked, I think Tuesday morning. I said, "Who the fuck likes Hellion?" And both of you were like, what, "Me." Oh wait, hold on, hold on. Let me backtrack here. When I say that, I mean specifically the team. Oh Julian, yeah. Oh yeah. I think the team kicks ass. ass. He oh yeah. He's a good asshole. I like him as an asshole, but he there's no standship here. Because <laughs> like the, so the squads let's let's get into it as we get into we're start with uh, new X Men Academy X number twelve. Um, for the express so, purpose of dunking on rain. For the express so purpose of here. shitting on rain. We um, will be skipping ahead later to a story that has like a beginning, a middle, and an end. But for the one, we're just plucking it out to talk just shit about so rain. <laughs> um. So. The squads are the Paragons, which are Rain's team. Uh, who's on that squad? I don't... Pixie! Yeah, Pixie. Pixie. Pixie with her helmet. <laughs> uh, Pixie, I think Blindfold. Yeah, Match. Um, a girl named Jessie, spelled the same way I spell my name, which... <laughs> and, um... There's somebody else on that team we're miss that's like... Someone else named Hope. But oh, not the other, the other hope, yeah. The other hope. Um. Oh, and the DJ kid. Yeah. Uh, there's DJ Danny DJ Squad, DJ. the New Mutants. Was that? Which no, I was trying to think of who the other person. I was trying to think of who the other person was, and I was thinking of DJ. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, there's uh, Rain's team, just called the New Mutants, because fuck you, I guess. Uh, or which... Danny's team is the New Mutants. Was that Danny's team? Danny, Danny's yeah, team. that's what I meant. Yeah, um, it was Danny's team. So that's Elixir, Prodigy, Wallflower, Wind Dancer, Icarus, and Surge. Did we go through what their powers are really quick? Yeah. Okay. So uh, Elixir is a healer. Uh, Prodigy has maybe the coolest mutant power ever, which is that 
he, he did. Do you know something? Cool. David now knows it. <laughs> if he's nearby, to, he has all of your knowledge. And they try to nerf it a little bit by saying that he can only remember it for a short time once he's no longer near you. But honestly, man, it it's so good. It's such a good power. It's, it's so good. It's like it's the evolution of like rogue or sinks power. Uh, Wallflower, yep. whose power is that uh, she's got pheromone control, which is that you feel whatever she feels. Or wants you to feel right. if she's trying. Yes. Uh, Icarus, the... Is Icarus, like, the youngest Guthrie that we know of, or is he, like... No, there's younger ones. Yeah, okay. But, like, he's, like, the youngest named Guthrie? No, uh, I, I know for a fact uh, Arrow is younger than he is. Okay. And I think... I think that plasma one that we were talking about earlier. I Jeb is younger than him. Yeah, I think Jeb yeah. is younger. Okay, so he's Cannonball and Husk's little brother, who his power is to fly. Uh, and I want to double and back to him. Heal and also heal. And also has a healing factor. Yeah, <laughs> for no reason. Um, wind dancer, uh, who you guess it, she can control wind. Uh, and Surge, who has uh, she's got electricity powers. And, and super, speed. super speed. And super speed. <laughs> Fuck. Jinx. Continuing my running theory that in the Marvel Universe, super speed makes you a dick. You're not wrong. Hey, man, you're not wrong. Uh, Every single one of them is an asshole. Uh, so I want to real quick say something about Icarus. A, a lot of writers will say that, like, oh, no, um, you know, you're, you know, a character's um like mutation doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily influenced by their family but there is definitely some genetic component that implies what your power will be because Sam Melody and Joshua Guthrie all can fly in some way shape or form which got a hand to Ma Guthrie Lucinda my hat goes off to you. Saint Lucinda. You have, made, you have made four mutant, five, five mutant kids, three of whom can fly without any bullshit comic book explanation, and two of whom can probably fly with the addition of a bullshit comic book explanation. Yeah, she raised ten kids basically by herself, and only one of them turned out to be like a total piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Because her husband died down a mine. And you know, for a while, I think because I didn't read a whole lot of these books uh, when they were original, well, a lot of the books with like Husk and uh, Cannibal in them, I didn't realize that their dad was dead. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, whoa, she raised a lot of these kids by herself. Because that youngest, like, uh, I was I was speaking earlier about uh, Endangered Species, the very boring uh, little bee story. And uh, that kid's like maybe 10, maybe? Maybe. Not even that old. I don't think that I'm thinking back on it. So like, she raised these kids alone for a minute. Yeah, like, I mean, like so Sam kind of served as like Sam in some capacity was like looking after everybody, and then when he left, Paige was doing it. But no, that was mostly her. That was mostly mostly Ma Guthrie on her own. Yeah. And also, she has enough kids, and they are enough of them are young enough that they probably haven't hit puberty yet. And I guarantee she's got a couple more mutants. Oh yeah, almost. <laughs> couple more of them are going to be mutants. Now that people have, like, mutations again? Yeah. 
so this book opens with the uh, with the new mutants having to go the new new mutants. This name sucks. Uh, having to go into the danger room and beat the time set by Rain's Paragons. We don't see what their uh, what their time is. We just know it's pretty good. Um, and they immediately solve it because Surge distracts the Hulk while Icarus uh, rescues some people. Prodigy. Well, this gets a, a pretty good fix on everybody's personalities uh, because, like, Sophia tries to be the leader here. Like, she tries to uh direct traffic and David very quickly takes over that because David knows what the solution is because he's the smart one. Well, he also knows the solution because this was I won't get into it in the story that happens immediately prior to this one because it's like halfway through. Um he has like a vision of the future and fighting oh, the yeah. Hulk is something that happens in that and so he knows that like if they do a certain move Surge is going to get hurt, and so he tells him to do the other thing, and he's very freaked out about it. That's yeah. the only summary you need about that. But he does absolutely override Wind Dancer. <laughs> Immediately. Uh, and they, uh, while, while Surge distracts the Hulk, um, while Surge distracts the Hulk, uh, Wallflower and Wind Dancer use their powers together uh, to calm the Hulk down. They do this in 22 seconds. <laughs> Which, I mean, makes sense because her powers are kind of tailor-made for calming down uh, big surly folk like the Hulk. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, to be frank with you, without uh, without that, I don't know how they were getting out of that situation. Oh, they were fucked. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, there was no way out of that. Like, the way this team is set up, you remove, you remove Lori and it's like, these guys don't stand a goddamn chance. Which is actually a plot point later when this we get is to a plot William point later, yeah. Um <laughs> That's after our, the issues we're gonna cover, but like ooh, they people know. People who know this team <laughs> understand that if you remove Wallflower, it's a lot easier. Uh you remove Wallflower and Elixir. You get them both out of play and you are good as gold. Yeah. And it's, um, it's it's interesting because like we just spoke about how cool Prodigy's power is, but he has no like physical powers. Yeah. So like he's they like don't have a heavy hitter. Like their heavy hitter is maybe Surge. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dancer, if she tries hard enough, I guess. I think it's Surge is their heavy hitter. Yeah. yeah. Especially at at this point. And I mean, obviously, Lori is OP if she can actually. They purposely paired Lori and Wind Dancer up uh, as roommates because Lori can't always control the pheromone powers, um, and so they have Wind Dancer around to literally blow the pheromones away if needed. Right. But this also means that when they are fighting, Wind Dancer can just send the pheromones anywhere. They make right. a mutant circuit of awesome. Before that's like, really oh. a thing. Oh yeah. Way before the, or at least before the term mutant circuit is a thing. Um, so we cut to Rain uh, talking to her students. Uh, and like she basically says what we just said. Like, hey, uh, you know, Lori's kind of perfect for calming the Hulk in that situation. Um, and Blindfold, I th that's Blindfold, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's like, whatever, I knew they would win. I saw it in a vision right before we went in. 
Wait, no, it's... Wait, no. Because Blindfold's no, name this... is Ruth. Yeah, Ruth is Blindfold. This is a different person. This is the Ruth. one named Jesse. Yeah, this is a different girl who can see the future. Different pre oh, <laughs> Yes! Yeah, because Rain says right there, we've talked about this, Jesse. And then she kneels down in front of this girl and talks to her. No, Blindfold... Actually, Blindfold shows up in issue 23 that's uh, where i was thinking about blindfold from she's in the background of a group shot so they just took away one precog and added another you correct fucking x-men man <laughs> <laughs> they do they do mention earlier in this run in like issue one of academy x or something uh scott summers mentions that uh there are currently 200 students at the xavier school for gifted youngsters which is an insane number of students That's to go gotta from... That's got to be the most that they've ever had. They went from nine to 200 <laughs> in a couple why, of years. Which explains why everybody can be a fucking teacher. Yeah. They need as much yes. as they can we just need bodies, man. <laughs> so they um, got to repeat powers every once in a while, or they got to think of really weird powers like tag. Like soft serve. Oh my god, Tag. Tag has such a weird power. I don't understand. My least, my least favorite superpower in all of fiction. No it's exaggeration. So, it is so dumb. So how Tag's power works is that if he wants to and he touches you and he quote unquote tags you, you are quote unquote it, and everyone around you wants to run away from you. So if he walks up and he like taps you on the shoulder, every single person nearby will sprint away from you as quickly as possible. That's the power. Or That's it. I'll give him credit. He can do the opposite because I believe it's when they're fighting Blob, maybe? He tags him and makes so that everybody around him rushes to him so it incapacitates him. But it's still horrible. It still fucking sucks. Imagine that. That's your mutant power. Sentinels are going to hunt you until the day you die. And that's <laughs> all you get out of it? <laughs> What? <laughs> I went to Xavier's and all I got was this shitty power. I went to Xavier's oh, and all I got was put on a bus. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you see oh. why Tag ends up on that bus? <laughs> uh, Which, speaking of, I'll say it. He's a much more important character pre uh, post-bus than he was. Oh, before. most definitely. Yeah. One of the only examples of fridging I will agree with. He is the absolutely the John Proud star of... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, oh god he had a bus to catch <laughs> fuck <laughs> uh, so the new mutants are walking down the hall they're like yeah we beat the Hulk whatever and conspicuous by his presence and constant being a hater is Kevin Ford aka Wither straight dirty Mackin it's <laughs> It's just a supreme hater. He wakes up early in the morning to make sure he's got extra time to hate on Elixir. Because uh, Wither's power is that anything he touches dies. That's organic. And yes, any organic matter that he touches dies. Uh, he wants to date Wallflower. Uh, Wallflower is dating Elixir. He, tell, he tells Elixir... You need to break up with her, or I'm going to tell everyone about... I'm going to tell Emma about your relationship with Rain. Now, he and Rain have been split up for months. Rain broke up with him uh, 
we find out here she specifies it was last semester. Nothing going on there anymore. Kevin is not concerned. It went on with, for a while. Yeah, it Kevin is not concerned with, with the morals of this. Kevin wants to ruin everybody's life. Kevin, we should also important context mention that Elixir joined the team because Elixir joined a, before he realized he was mutant, human supremacist terrorist organization at the age of 16 and fought this new mutant squad uh, in which Lori got stabbed. He realized he had healing powers and he saved her and Wither has never forgiven him. (laughs) There's a shot, uh, there's a panel of him watching them walk away celebrating and this is a deep pull but if anybody has read the actual comic The Walking Dead there's a scene where Rick first gets back to the group for the first time and he kisses Lori and Shane just gives them this look. It's the exact (laughs) same look that Kevin has here. It is the most hate-filled look of jealousy I have ever seen. And it's so good. It's palpable. What's that LL Cool J song where he's like, take you from your, ma- take you from your man, girl, that's my mission. If his love is really got to handle competition. <laughs> you know, don't buy, uh, don't buy Bryson Tiller just playing on the loop. <laughs> yeah, Wither is one of the few angsty mutant boys that I do not like. <laughs> usually. Usually. If they have like I don't know, like shaggy dark hair and they're sad all the time because something something power out of control, blah 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 blah. I want to hug them. And right, that's I'm your son like, now. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my child. Like angsty sad boy Richter is my child. Um, I fucking hate this kid. <laughs> this kid <laughs> sucks. There's a douche. Also, uh, earlier in the run before we got to this point he's like having a crisis and he's like in a junkyard because he doesn't want to be near anything organic that he could hurt and uh he's talking to emma frost and emma frost is just like well have you considered practicing with your powers to see if you can get better at it so maybe you can control it and he said i can't touch living things i'll kill them and emma's just like i was talking about practicing on pieces of lumber why did you jump to murder yeah you hold a piece of wood, grass dude. I... <laughs> A lot of things are living, Kevin. Like, why are you assuming I mean animals? And then it zooms out and there's like piles of dust around here and they remark that there's suspiciously no rats in this junkyard. And like, his power was strong enough that I think think it's in this book. They make a point to say that like, he has to wear synthetic clothing. Yeah. He'll kill cotton. Like, just grab some t-shirts, buddy. (laughs) Go to the store. (laughs) Go to Walmart. Get a five-packer, put it in the loom. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so Kevin is uh, watching them from the closet, wanting to be the friction in their jeans. And he, he, we cut to him telling Emma, he says, Miss Frost, I have something to tell you. (laughs) Like, I love the way that it's, like, bolded. I have something to tell you. Goodness, I love it. Uh, Cut away to... Icarus and Wind Dancer, uh, who just went to a dance class with Stevie Hunter. Uh, we don't get to see, sadly. Yeah, just sadly, for no Stevie Hunter. Hunter. But we do know that it's the Hunter Dance Studio. Um, and he's like, yeah, um, 
Jay's like, yeah, no problem coming with you. Uh, I always wanted to learn how to swing dance, but why pick me? She's like, well, because neither David or Josh are a dance class kind of boy. He says, yeah, good point. And I guess neither is Julian. I got to add, my dad's name is Julian. We can so just I, call him Hellion. So every time they refer to Hellion by his first name, I get weirded out. Um, and so she's like, why would I invite him? He's like, I'm not blind. There's something between you two, right? She's like, what? No. <laughs> we'll give you that idea. He's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and the panel of her going, her exact so words are, Hellion is selfish and irrational and bossy. He makes me crazy. And she is blushing so hard. So that I'm pretty sure they use the same pink on her cheeks as they did for the background of this panel. <laughs> she, yeah, is, I think they did. she is blushing so hard that her face is the color of Jay's wings. Yeah. It's incredible. Also, and then Jay is like, yep, yeah, definitely something between you two. Uh, the flirtation between uh, Wind Dancer and Hellion is actually really good. I, I like it a lot. It's very much like, I hate you, and unfortunately, I find you hot. God, <laughs> What are a- we going to do about it? <laughs> and I, what I love about Hellion is that his, his story to me is such a, it's one that so many kids go through. But mm-hmm. like, what the course of this, he's, I won't say he's like the big man on campus, but he kind of is. Like he's definitely he at the very least thinks that he is, right? Like he's definitely Emma's favorite. Like she let him, she let his code name be fucking Hellion for Christ's sakes. Like, and he's Power the, move. you know, he's the he's the mean bully with all the friends, and then all that shit just gets stripped away piece by piece. And next thing you know, it's like two years later, and you're using your telekinesis to pick up a cup because you don't have fucking hands. Yeah, next thing you know, it's second coming, and you have no hands. Which I should also mention, I have never read Second Coming, so I only kind of knew about that. Bastion <laughs> whips God. his ass. The panel of it happening is brutal, too. It's like, so disgusting. Like, I closed my laptop when I read it. <laughs> it's so nasty. I read it in the airport, I was just like, oh! <laughs> it's brutal. Uh, so at the uh, at the, the grindstone, which is the coffee shop that the uh, that they go to in Salem Center, this is uh, this is also where Danny meets that <laughs> meets that barista who she thinks is flirting with her. I would like to note Danny was flirting with her. They were both flirting with each other, and then Karma shows up. And like to the school, and Danny thinks to herself, "Karma's a lesbian. Karma's gay. Kar- Kar- Karma just got her heart broken by Kitty Pride. <laughs> what helped Karma get her groove back?" And she like tries to introduce Karma to the barista without warning either of them in advance that this is what's happening. Haven't even confirmed if the barista is actually queer. And Karma's like, hey, are you just introducing her to me because I'm the, she's the only other gay person you know? And then she literally says, that's offensive. She's <laughs> like, hey, what the fuck, Danny? Also, like, what a moment, honestly, for Karma, for her to literally look at Danny and be like, really? You are trying to introduce me to someone who's not you? Danny? <laughs> Danielle, love of my life. 
Yeah, you know, it takes, a, as you said, a few years and a homoerotic fight in the Crucible for them to get out of that. Yeah, I I hope it worked. <laughs> I hope they figured some shit out. Like, oh, that's my, my personal favorite episode of Ultimate Submission. Anyway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, this just really just serves as a conversation that uh, that Danny and David are having about his the, the crazy dream he had. Uh, and then Rain and Danny go back to, they get their coffees and go back to the mansion to find Scott and Emma standing outside. I like to say Emma looks great. Yes, she does. This is a great outfit. Scott Scott is standing so, so spread leg. (laughs) Scott is in a fucking power stance. His legs are twice as far apart as the width of his shoulders. <laughs> like, it, he looks like a literal fucking A. Like, <laughs> he, he stands the fuck up and he's like, Rain, we need to talk. He's like, there's something wrong? He's like, get in my office now! And uh, they bring Danny too. Yeah, like, Danny, yeah, it, it, this involves one of your students, so you should, might as well come. And, and then Emma students. finally reads this girl her fucking rights. <laughs> oh. And this this entire scene makes my skin run off my body. <laughs> because uh, Emma and Scott kind of confront Rain about what uh, Wither has told them. And Danny immediately jumps to Rain's defense. Right. Yep. She's like, it is, um, it is, uh, okay, I'm going to run it down. Emma says, it is absolutely inappropriate for a teacher to become romantically involved with a student. It's unethical. It abuses the relationship of trust and authority we have with these children. And and Danny's like, Emma, how dare you accuse Rain of something like that? It's like, I'm not the one you should be angry with. It's your fucking son. It's like, what? Is this a, is that what this is about? Rain and Josh are close because Josh brought her powers back. But for you to accuse Rain, and for, and worse, to convince Scott, I should add, I think this is when nobody, like, people still don't trust Emma. Yeah. Danny's been fighting with Emma this whole book. Right. Yeah. Uh, and Rain kind of just quietly confirms, she's like, I ended it last semester. And Danny? Danny is fucking heartbroken. <laughs> like, it's the the look on her face is so devastating. And they have a specific panel of her saying she has to go talk to Josh and she like slams the door behind her. And it's not even like a cartoony onomatopoeia. It's just the word slam. slam. And then Rain looks a little sad and then looks up at Cyclops and says, "I'm sorry, Scott. I never meant to let you I never meant to let you or the school down. I guess this means I'm fired." I don't know what we're going to do. That is Scott for, yeah, yeah, you're fucking fired. <laughs> that is Cyclops for, well, you can't stay here. Exactly. Uh, to be honest, I didn't think this scene was mean enough to rain. Yeah, like, Scott's pretty reasonable, all things considered. Yeah, he's right. very, like, you've been going through a lot ever since Moira died. Moira's golem. Ever since Moira's golem died. And uh, I, I understand that you needed to, like, reach out and connect with somebody, but what you did was inappropriate. And my personal reaction is, Rain, get the fuck out of this school. You are surrounded by children, and you cannot be trusted near them. 
<laughs> yeah. But I will say that one thing I do like about this scene is Scott does explicitly say that this is partially Scott and Emma's fault for thinking a 19-year-old could teach high school age children. Yeah, I agree. Scott's like, yeah, that's our, that's on us. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Especially, Especially a 19-year-old going through trauma. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, for sure, I definitely, I, I do think that, you know, because the age gap isn't super crazy and that she was going through a lot that you should still drag her. She still deserves to get dragged through the street. But also acknowledge that y'all were just like, yeah, this can't end, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's, Scott's judgment was poor. Scott Summers pre-House of M ha- consistently has the worst fucking judgment. Yeah, 100%. It's just him going like, yeah, that seems like a smart thing to do. That's what Charles would do. <laughs> like he's acting never, like he's... Never do what Charles would do. Rule number one. <laughs> His primary role model is Charles Xavier. And Charles would have absolutely put them in char- put her in charge. And we know that because he puts fucking karma in charge of the new mutants. Hey... Granted, Karma was also 19 at that time. Right, yeah. Karma's like 19. I think Danny and Sam are like 17. And Rain was the youngest at 14. Rain is the youngest at 14. Everyone else kind of falls in that range. I think Cypher is maybe 15. Like, they're... Like, so he... (laughs) Charles also definitely would have put her in charge. Because Charles Xavier makes terrible decisions. Consistently. All the time. Uh... So Elixir gets Elixir is in the pool, uh, and we should mention we haven't mentioned he's gold. Yeah, like his skin is shiny gold. By the way, should yeah. just throw that out there. Yeah, a power that like a secondary mutation he got when he healed himself. Uh, and so Surge comes up to him in the pool, which God keeps Surge away from the pool. What the fuck? <laughs> she does mention that she says she doesn't want to get close to water. Yeah. She, like, stands there. She's like, can you come to me, please? Uh, and so she's like, hey, David's been fucking blowing me off. What's with that? You're his best friend. Which I would add, that's recent. Yeah. <laughs> Those two do not like each other during the first run. Uh, like, David specifically doesn't like Josh. Because of the whole Reaver thing. Yeah. yeah. A lot to ask somebody to get over with. <laughs> a lot to ask of him but he does it because uh, they're roommates and they live together right uh, and also when he sees him stand up to Hellion he's like ah maybe you're not all bad um, so Danny comes in and is like hey Nori could you excuse us I gotta talk to Josh and Josh's first reaction is wow I can't believe Kevin told everyone he told you he was gonna do that yeah <laughs> what are you gonna like, do, stab me? <laughs> on this day, Josh Foley found out that Fatback is in fact greasy, pig pussy is in fact pork. <laughs> you fuck around, you, find you out. will find out. Yeah, so this is Josh Foley finding out. Um, but he basically tells Danny that he's fine. Yeah, yeah I'm good. <laughs> he's. <laughs> remarkably chill because he's like yeah i got dumped and it sucked but like i'm really happy with Lori, and um i actually i think i needed to get dumped in that moment um 
to be my best self and uh i'm cool and danny just accepts this danny's like you don't seem traumatized all right good to hear and then walks away (laughs) yeah because danny's like hey rain's my best friend i know how smart she is how sweet she is i know she's super pretty you two have had a bond and i know that like three years doesn't seem like much but we went through so much shit when we were your age that like we are we were forced to grow up so you're like she is an adult regardless of the fact that she's only a couple years older than her than you she is matured to a level that you aren't at yet and he's like yeah yeah but I went after her and he's like yeah but you should have said no valid <laughs> which yeah. Danny is correct <laughs> Danny is right 100%. it is absolutely the responsibility of any person in a teaching capacity around children that if a child a child one of your students attempts to have a relationship with you that is not just like you are my teacher and I look up to you. Anything more than that, it is your responsibility to make sure that doesn't fucking happen. Yeah. Yeah, like, and I just thought about uh, it. You, as a person who you teach teenagers. <laughs> like, how does that, like, I feel like this hits you specifically, like, oh, it does. in a very different way than it hits me rereading these issues <laughs> I, I, so i i volunteer teach uh a local high school robotics team for like roughly nine to ten hours a week every week for the past like four months uh so i hang out with 16 year olds like a full body shiver no they're they're babies they need to be protected not kissed by adults it's upsetting it's like i felt like everybody maybe i had a weird high school experience but like did everybody know that one student who is dating someone way too old for them oh yeah i live in case you forgot i live in the south oh that's right yeah yeah there there were literally girls at my school pregnant by like grown men oh yeah oh yeah oh god i i knew it's, it's, it's savagery I knew a girl when I was 16, or I was 14, she was 16, because she, I think, the way schools work in California is very stupid, Uh, so you, like, the the cutoff date is weird, so, like, she had a weirdly late birthday, so she got, like, held back a year, so she was 16, she turned 16 when we were freshmen, Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I remember going to her house, like, for her birthday party, and I met her boyfriend, I'm like, this is a grown man. Yeah. <laughs> like this is an adult. What the I fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, yeah, it's that for the record, this is why I wanted to dunk on Rain because also I used to mentor high school robotics teams back when I was in college. So when I was twenty, I also taught high schoolers for like ten hours a week for a couple of months at a time. So I was in a similar situation of like the similar age thing and still they were children. Right, yeah. Like, I was only a couple years older than them, but, like, I was in college and they were in high school and they were babies in my eyes. Right. Infants. This is horrifying. Also, I feel like Josh should be, like, traumatized somehow. But it's like <laughs> this is water off a duck's back. He does not, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, there are a couple of, a couple of things in this series um, not namely in the issues we're discussing, but 
It's a, st- a couple of things that remind you this book came out in the mid 2000s. Oh yeah, and the fact <laughs> that he kind of shrug off his his uh, trauma from being heartbroken by an older woman is definitely one of them. Yes. Another thing that also, reminds you of uh, reminds you of the fact this came out in the mid two thousands. Scott's outfit in the next page. What the fuck is he wearing? Scott is dressed like he's going to a fucking trapped concert after this. It's a hideous leather jacket. It's like I didn't think leather jackets could be ugly, but like this one is. He's he's camped outside waiting for the new Daughtry album. Yeah, it's bad, man. He's definitely here to tell you about his uh his great homeboy that put him through a lot, and his homeboy is Jesus Christ. His glasses are wraparound shades. <laughs> why is it? Why is this just Christian Cage in DNA? Yeah, pretty much. And speaking of glasses, are Scott's like I know his visor normally isn't, but are his glasses normally see through? Yeah, you can see do- his eyes in one of these pages. It's so unnerving. It's super weird. Uh, basically, God, I see it now. That's horrifying. You should never be able to see his eyes. Uh, they're talking to uh, this therapist that Wither's been seeing named Dr. Garrison. Uh, <clears throat> and so they're like, hey, uh, what's going on with Kevin? It's like, well, Kevin brought up that one of our students was like, one of our teachers and one of our students were like, stupid and uh, do you want, basically, do you want to come be the uh, ther- school therapist? <laughs> He's like, ah! Send me the files. Basically, this is—I don't know if this goes anywhere. It uh, does because this is this is Lori. Uh, this is Lori's dad. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, back in Xavier's, um, David and Josh, or David and Noriko, come into like the common area where everybody's playing. Uh, fucking Hellion is playing. PlayStation with his telekinesis, what an asshole! <laughs> while while mockingly clapping in applause of uh, of Josh, because he's uh, very much louding him out about how uh, he was dating a teacher. He he turns his head. Lori did not know until right now. <laughs> like he realizes that Josh is there because Lori calls out to him, and he goes, "Hey, congratulations, Josh!" Who knew you were such a stud? Bagging a teacher when you've already got a girlfriend. You're the man! Knowing good and goddamn well. (laughs) That's not what happened. Well, actually, it was. On purpose. Yes. That's the thing. But also, Josh did at the same time as he was dating Lori the night that Rain broke up with Josh was the same night that Josh went on a date with Lori to Lori's mom's house and yeah. then kissed her afterward and that's why Rain broke up with him was because she's like oh you should be happy dating somebody your own age you should not be dating me uh bye, bye. <laughs> and that's what Wither overheard so technically they were still together when he started dating Lori <laughs> and this motherfucker Hellion just died in the wool piece of shit. <laughs> Which once again, my only defense of Hellion is that I really like his arc and he makes some really valid points sometimes, but my god is he an asshole and I oh, love yeah. it. Oh yeah, 100%. So Lori hears this and runs away crying. Uh 
Rain and Danny uh, talk for a second, and she's like, "So you're just Dan- Danny's like, so you're just leaving? So why am I gonna wait around for them to fire me?" Uh, Paige is out of the <laughs> Paige is out of the playbook of my senior year uh, drama teacher. I am you can't going. Fuck me, I'm quitting. <laughs> he... Allegedly, I am going to elevator music this. <laughs> Because <laughs> allegedly there were some allegations, uh, oh, no. rumors, if you will. Oh no! <laughs> uh, so I went on spring break and came back, and he was gone. I don't know what happened. I do know that when I looked him up on LinkedIn, uh, <laughs> his time at my school was not there. Oh, so, oh no! Uh, so rain's like. I've been helping Jamie at X Factor. I think maybe I should go do that full time. Oh, God. Danny, I'm sorry. He's like, really? That's why you sought me out to tell me this? And so Danny presses her. She's like, did you fuck him? (laughs) No, God. No. What the fuck? I'm a good Catholic. Never. Not Catholic. (laughs) Oh, right. She's Protestant. She's very explicitly not Catholic. (laughs) Right, I'm thinking that because I think the first time they see her, Josh says something about her being like a Catholic schoolgirl. Oh yeah, he's he's absolutely wrong. There's an issue of New Mutants where they're in Brazil and Rain really needs to pray and the only churches she can find are Catholic churches and she talks about how they're like corrupt houses of God and they're not actual real churches, but they're, they'll have to do in a pinch and she hopes God doesn't mind. <laughs> she says that on panel Jesus. in Rio de Janeiro. Cut to sunspot. Like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> and and Sean, Sean is also Catholic. <laughs> Karma is Catholic, though Karma was missing slash maybe dead at that point. Yeah, she was neither here nor there in the company of the Shadow King, Ugh, which is upsetting. But yep. anyway, uh, yeah, Rain. Very clear. She's like, you know my values. You understand my values. And Danny's like, uh, your Do values. I? <laughs> I think the fuck not. <laughs> you were messing around with my son. <laughs> and I, but I will say this. Uh, uh, I will say that this conversation, it kind of clicked in my head that I think this is why they don't press Rain too much on this is because she was really just having a very ch- inappropriate still, a very childish relationship with him. And it's like when you consider the quote unquote childhood, her and the rest of, the rest of New Mutants had. I kind of get it. It's All these people fucked are up. fucked up fundamentally. Yeah. But Rain is probably the most fucked up of all of them. She oh. spent a long time, like, emotionally bonded to Havoc. Imagine <laughs> having to follow that just <laughs> around. Unrequited loving him. <laughs> the center of your universe is Alex Summers. <laughs> what does... I mean... What does that do to you? Freaking Polaris went crazy on the altar because of Alex Summers. At this point, wouldn't he be wouldn't he be like mid to late twenties? Oh yeah, that was super creepy. Uh, yeah, Alex should be Actually, you know what? She just spent years like emotionally uh-huh. bonded to someone way older than yeah. her, and she's just doing it again. Oh, Rain. Uh-huh. Oh no, Rain. Yep. Because uh, Rain, so Alex is younger than Scott, but older than the New Mutants. 
So if Scott is nebulously, let's say, 30 here. He's probably like 27, 28, right? Right. And she was like 16, 17. Uh, and I'll say, in defense, <laughs> sentence you don't hear much, in defense of Havoc. Uh... <laughs> Listen, I love, love Havoc. I do. I love Havoc. He's a piece of shit. Oh, died in the Alex, I've been trying to bone my brother's wife for 30 years, Summers. Jeez. Alex looking at Scott like Kurt Angle looking into the camera. <laughs> He's like, Scotty? I want to have sex with your wife. <laughs> and not just any kind of sex. No, 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 no. I want the kind of perverted sex. How is... Pinky demon sex. How is Vulcan the most normal one? I feel he's, like... I, he's so not normal. When you break it Vulcan. down, Adam is the normal one. I... I support this. I support that Adam X the Extreme is the most normal of the Summers brothers. <laughs> I yeah. like it. Yeah. You know why? Because he doesn't have Corsair's DNA running through his veins. <laughs> it's all Corsair's fault. You know who the like when you think about it, when it breaks down, the best adjusted Summers is fucking Cable. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Like. Oh I mean, my god. Maybe say hope, but I don't. Rachel, hope. kind of? <laughs> I think Cable, Rachel, and Hope are the top three well adjusted summers. Anyway, uh, Josh finds Lori uh, skipping rocks into a pond, and he's like, Look, uh, I know this looks bad, but the thing is, Rain and I were over by the time you and I got serious. I like being with you. Once I knew that's what I wanted, and she's like, Lori cuts him off. Uh, here, Jesse, do you want to read Lori's and I'll do I can do it. Absolutely. Don't lie to me, Josh. Kevin heard Rain break it off with you. If you had your way, you'd still be with her. Or maybe both of us. I don't know. <laughs> I guess Kevin found you before I did. You know he has an agenda. He likes you. Just go away, Josh. Lori, I'm not going anywhere until we work this out. You're the best thing that's ever happened to me. I said, go away! And but she uses with... her powers. He freaks the fuck out. He runs so far. It looks like he's throwing up when David finds him. <laughs> also, really quick, I do want to point out that this does mean that Lori has the exact same capabilities as Tag. Yes, but yeah. applied way better. Plus more. Poor Tag. Thomas fucking power. Uh, and so he's like, he runs and runs into David. He's like, oh, she's still angry. She used fear pheromones on me. Never said to do that. I mean, it's kind of scary that she did. He's like, oh, you, you had it coming. <laughs> like flat face. Had it coming. His face, do you know what his face looks like? Uh, what's the name of the one artist that did not the initial run of Punisher Max, but the that redo where everybody had the same face? Uh, I don't know. Like, I'll tell my head. Uh, I think he. I think he did the boys too, where everybody has that dumb cylinder face. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. Let's let's see. Derek Robertson. Oh, that is the same artist who did um, who did the first arc on Punisher Max. Yeah, he's got that flat face. Like it's yeah, just, it's so emotionless and so cold. <laughs> like he's just like you, like you stoop. You can put any Steve Austin quote over his face here. 
Yes. Yeah, you <laughs> stupid, mealy mouth son of a bitch. What? It's an incredible reaction image potential. Like, <laughs> like you just, just, you had it coming. He's like, what? He's like, you're a fucking asshole, man. You're, she's such a nice person. And you're a dickhead. Don't talk to me again. Uh, Lori talks to her mom. And is this where Lori first takes the, starts calling herself Wallflower? No, it was already her. Okay, it was already her name. name. Yeah. Because she gets into an argument with her mom. And she's like, you shouldn't have used her, your powers on him like that. Your dad would do that. It's how he made me love him. Because I forgot, Lori's mom is imper like, uh, like, she resists her powers. Which is pretty cool. Uh, well, she only resists her powers because of Lori. The backstory right. is that uh, her mom was basically being, like, coerced into loving uh, this guy who had mutant pheromone powers. Uh, and then one day it just stopped working, and she found out later it's because she was pregnant with Lori, and that was going to be Lori's power, so it made her immune. Uh, and she realized that she had been basically raped, and right. she fled, and she didn't ever let the guy know that he had a kid, and surprise, that's the new guidance counselor. <laughs> yeah, who just found who is uh, He basically purple-manned her. Yes, yeah, uh, or mastermind, or any evil telepath. Yep. Which is gross. Uh, very gross. Uh, gross very use gross. of your powers. Funniest use of this power is that time that uh, in the Jessica Jones TV show when the purple man tells that guy to throw his coffee in his own face. That's pretty funny. That's pretty good. <laughs> the most brutal one in that same uh, show, he tells the guy to walk through a wall and the guy just keeps walking into the wall until he kills himself. <laughs> that show was fantastic and Until it wasn't. so viscerally upset. I mean, well, the first season was fantastic and then just so viscerally upsetting. Yeah. In like a in like a good way. Like it was a great first season, but also oh yeah, yeah, the freaking like death by a thousand paper cuts one. Oh yeah. god, fuck. I forgot about that. Ah uh, and it, uh, we have we have been going for an hour. We're still on this first thing. <laughs> um I was about to say, we're doing it again. We are doing it again. Um, so Dr. Garrison is calling Emma, staring at this picture of himself and Lori's mom. Uh, and he says, hey, it's Sean Garrison. I've been thinking it over. I can help. I got too much going on right now, so I can't come this semester. But the start of the new school year, I'm your guy. I'm looking forward to it. I wish I could come sooner, but I have plans. Big plans. And then he and turns into Wilma Defoe. <laughs> God. Uh, so we're going to oh jump gosh. here from that's issue 12. We're going to jump to issue 20. Uh, this is the story is called Childhood's End uh, from 2009. Or no, that can't be 2009. This is the decimation. It's got to yeah, be 2005. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the um, the digital scan of it says 2009 models characters. And it's very weird. That, that says that. Yeah, that's uh, weird. But yeah, this is, would have been 2005, yeah, because this runs right yeah, into Civil the cover, War. The yeah. cover art has a signature on it that says 2005. Yeah. Um, basically, this is immediately following the decimation. Um, like, it has just begun as a thing. Uh, M-Day just happened. The Scarlet Witch has just said no more mutants. Uh, 
for anyone who listened to the uh, Children's Crusade episode, I mentioned this specific issue in that as a, like, this was absolutely a genocide and Scarlet Witch fucked up and did a lot of evil shit because... So that many is mutant where- children die. <laughs> so many. So, uh, so let's, let's get into it. Uh, two years ago, before M-Day, at the Ministry of the Reverend William Stryker in Dallas, Texas... I gotta say, of course Stryker has a mega church in Dallas, Texas. Oh. When you think about it, he's just Joel Osteen. I was about to say, Joel Osteen and William Stryker Both evil pieces of shit hiding behind religion? Yep. Yeah, okay. And William Stryker is the villain from the incredible one-shot uh, from the 80s, God Loves, Man Kills. Which is, I think, my favorite single X-Men storyline, or just story, like, ever. That's, it's an all-time good title, too. God love It's incredible. So So he comes in, and he is yelling at the crucified statue of Jesus on the wall. uh, And he says, I served you faithfully. I sacrificed everything I held dear. My wife... My child, all for you, Lord, all for you. But now I am alone, lost, forsaken. And when I came to you for guidance, for hope, you gave me nothing, nothing. I ask you now, Lord, one last time, give me your strength. Light my way back to you. He says this putting a gun to his forehead. And as he goes to pull the trigger, Jesus explodes into a bright white light and he falls to his knees. Thanking him. This will be revisited upon later. Also, I don't know why I did that voice for him. I guess in my head he sounds like JBL. I mean, you're probably not wrong. <laughs> JBL probably prays at the Church of William Stryker. That's where he learned the clothesline from hell. Quick aside. Oh, go, go for it. <laughs> no, quick aside. He's holding the gun so dumb. <laughs> yes. the, the barrel is to his forehead. His thumb is on the trigger he's holding it like it's death just, kid. it's just what what a way to hold a gun what are you gonna say well oh i was just gonna make a shitty joke and say that uh if jbl doesn't go to that church undertaker definitely does <laughs> the undertaker is a fucking mega church pastor now that's weird like he isn't but he is like he's a fucking motivational speaker now that's upsetting like did you see his hall of fame speech yeah i did I'm going to teach you guys my mental moves. What? Uh, so, Emma realizes what's happening. Two, day, two years later, on M-Day, Emma senses what's happening. And starts running into... She runs back into the school to figure out what's happening. And... Everyone is screaming. Everyone is I screaming. Can't how for the entire rest of this comic, there is constantly background screams. Yes. Yeah, everyone is losing their powers. There's a kid here who looks like Ultimate Peter Parker. The kid yelling, stay away from me! That's... Yeah. <laughs> that is just Ultimate Peter. Oh, this, oh my uh, god, it is. This one kid crying, uh, I guess his name is Spectre. Yeah. Uh, he had a shadow 
form that won't come back to him, and he's just in tears, devastated. Yeah. I feel so bad for this kid. I was awful for him. <laughs> Bro, I got blew up like maybe two days later, but you know, it's still. Yeah. Still uh, heartbreaking. So Emma calls out to the three and one, who I got so used to them being the five and one that I was like, where the fuck are the other two? Forgetting that they're dead. dead. Forgetting that oh, Celeste and, uh, and Esme are dead. It's Sophie and Esme are dead. Oh, yeah, Sophie and Esme, yeah. God, fuck. <laughs> Why name them like this? Because it spells out spice. Spice, yeah. The acronym is spice. That's uh, odd. <laughs> Sophie, Phoebe, uh, Irma, um, Irma uh, Mindy, and Esme. No, Irma is, Mind- is uh, Mindy. Oh, it's I, Irma Celeste. Oh, Celeste, that's yeah. Yes, because they did have to change one of their names to accommodate the spice acronym. Yeah, I think she's still maybe in this book. Um, there's a kid, giddy, like his eyes are bulging out of his head with how happy he is, just punching the shit out of a wall. Yes, just bloody knuckles and it's bad. <laughs> He's like, and he's yelling, it hurts, it hurts, I can feel it, it hurts! Which is horrifying! Yep, yep. This uh, before, like... <laughs> yeah, what <laughs> fucked up mutation did he have before? And Emma is already, like, bleeding out of her nose as she's trying to run around and, like, get all of these kids to calm down and stop hurting each other. And, like, I want to point out, going back to this Bloody Knuckles kid, he is punching this wall so hard that it's chipping. Yes! Yeah. And he doesn't have powers. He's a regular kid now. So he's, he's got to have been punching it for a while. Great form on these punches, too, I gotta say. They train him well at the Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters. You know? Uh, so... All the, like, the named characters are running through trying to figure out what the fuck's happening. And in classic, total dumbass form, Wither, Wither. the fucking idiot, does not check to see if his powers aren't working. He doesn't lean against a door or something. He doesn't grab somebody's shirt to see if it disintegrates. He just hears kids say that their powers don't work. And immediately grabs Lori's arm to go, my powers are gone. And I, I want to point out that there's no way he could have thought that everyone lost their powers because on the same panel where he says, Lori, the most wonderful thing happened. Our powers are gone. He is standing next, next to a to- kid with fucking wings. <laughs> He's standing next to Icarus. Ray is right there. <laughs> A kid with a visible mutation! Rockslide is around somewhere! And he grabs her arm, and it is horrifying. Oh my god. Yeah, it is. It's bad. It's disgusting. Um, Because he still looks so happy while he's grabbing her arm, and she's screaming bloody murder, like spittle flying out of her mouth, uh, as her arm turns into, like, a mummified husk of its former self yeah like her nails grow out super long her hand her arm is like gray now the the nails on this hand live in my head fucking rent free it's so (laughs) gross very gross very gross 
And immediately, Jay is just like, Wither, what the fuck? Yeah, Icarus is like, what are you doing? Are you high? He's like, oh, I thought my powers are gone. You didn't check first? Your power kills people, Kevin! Which I do gotta say, this is a really great panel of Jay, like, protecting Laurie with his wings. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good, the way they're framed under his wings are really good. Jay Guthrie is a sweet, sweet boy, a sweet, sweet boy who only wants to help people and who he, only wants to be a good dude and is just a little sad sometimes. And he we'll gets get into it. so <sighs> horribly wrecked. He, we'll get into it, but uh, his code name proves very uh, apt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wow, it has been, I, it's been a decade since I've been reading these books, and it never clicked in my head. God yeah. damn it. That, that his name is Icarus? Icarus. Yeah, that yeah. He, he flies too close to the sun. And loses uh, his wings for it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, speaking of Guthrie's, Melody. Oh, Melody. Jay's younger sister, Arrow, is on the roof trying to jump off because she's like, I know I can still fly. It does like a fucking, speaking of the Undertaker, she does the Undertaker rope dive off the roof. She does. <laughs> it was a fucking suicide plancha. <laughs> and it's rescued the beast. It's <laughs> rescued by the beast who crashes through a window and catches her. Uh, Hydro fucking drowns. Uh, and so the the three and one are feeling it. They're feeling all, like the like the psychic anguish of all these kids. Their text here is just like bone chilling. They they're doing the we're all talking at once thing yeah. that's like super creepy and super cool. And they all say, "Miss Frost, I'm dying. Make it stop." Yeah. And it's horrifying. <laughs> They're, like, doubled over on the ground. One of them's crawling. Like, they are incapable of walking down this hallway because they are just feeling death. Yeah. Uh, Josh, Josh, David, uh, Hellion, and Tag all wake up, and David and Tag don't have their powers anymore. Can I ask a question? Uh, huh. how, does, how does Tag know he doesn't have powers anymore? He doesn't know yet. He just feels weird. Like, he's just staring at his okay. hands. All right. That, that's, uh, that's fair. Yeah. Because, like, David knows because he, he wakes up and he only knows what he knows. He right. Can't, like, he doesn't know what everyone like, else knows. Tag's not with anybody else to try to tag. <laughs> right. He looked, like, Hellion looks over and is like, what's the matter with you? And Tag's just staring at his hands? And again, Tag doesn't, um, I don't know, I don't think Tag gets to say more than two sentences no. ever again. <laughs> I think I, I think Tag is done talking. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Soraya and Surge seem like they're fine. Uh, Mercury wakes up, doesn't, and has not lost her powers, and is furious, so upset. Oh, uh, my poor baby. She. Uh, oh, I feel so bad for her, man. She was abandoned like, by her sobbing. family. She's like, "Why not me? Why not me?" There is a Hellions miniseries that is a spinoff of this book that happens before this, and they get into, like, her life, and 
her family's just straight up rejected her because she's a mutant, like a visible mutant, and like will never take her back unless she looked normal. And of all the people not to get decimated, this poor girl. Right. Remember how Iceman pretended to be decimated? <laughs> yeah, that's a weird thing. This <laughs> weird, weird, right? Uh, sleeping through all of this is fucking rock slide. <laughs> rock slide's a douche. This you know what? You... Maybe another world was. I was good. just about to say, maybe it's good he died in another world. <laughs> Uh, it's just like a curious child. He's not an asshole. He says the wrong thing at every turn. Every time he's in a group setting, he is a dick to someone. Yeah. And like a dumb dick. Not even like Hellion who does it on purpose. He's just like accidentally horrible. That's what I love about Rock Slide because at some point, I think it's uh I think it's after the next creative team takes over. But at one point he's talking with an old and he realizes that he's being a dick without, like, trying to be a dick. And he actually tries to be a nice person. And he just, like, stops hanging around uh, hell. <laughs> and it's my favorite thing. Because he has a heart of gold, but a brain made of literal rocks. <laughs> um, he's my favorite big dumb, uh, big dumb poppy boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's, I feel like he's the character that people think Glob Herman is. Yeah. Ooh. Yep. Good call. Uh, yeah, I thought Glob was cute, and then I recently read Zephyrus. It's like, oh. And I no longer think Glob is cute. Yeah, put that on a fucking shirt. That's. Uh, so, Emma and the three and one use their powers to put everybody to sleep for a while. Fucking Lori's hand is so gross. It's upsetting. Oh, and it's this so is probably my favorite panel in the whole series for whatever reason mostly because like i have some complex feelings on emma, on emma frost but after they use their combined uh telepathic power to put everybody to sleep she says thank you my girls and all three of them say at the same time not your girls never work and i was like whoo which just, is hilarious like, now yes it is because <laughs> they are literally her girls but they are pretty pissed at her because they did recently lose two yes. sisters. Yeah, they're still and mad. They blame, and they blame Emma Frost. I personally would blame Quentin Quire for one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so two days later, Danny is storming out of Emma's office. And Scott's like, hey, what the fuck? I would like to add, Danny is... Really hot in this panel? Yeah, but also... <laughs> Will, this is going to be specific to you. She looks like Julia from Tekken 3. Yes, she does. Like, fuck she does. (laughs) Like, the exact outfit. It's like her player one outfit in Tekken 3. You know, I always feel, this is such a weird specific thing, because I always feel kind of bad for finding the character models they use for Danny to be attractive, because they, a lot of times, the lazier artists just make her, like, the most stereotypical native girl they can find. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, mm. she's consistently... The face card has never been declined, man. She's consistently <laughs> trying to be very attractive. Well, yeah. I mean, like, she's the, the girl in the New Mutants that all the boys want to date. Except for Sunspot. Oh, yes. Sunspot yes. is really into magma, but, like, Cypher's into her. Sam's into her at one point. Um, well, because Sunspot is into, like, elitist mean girls. <laughs> Yeah, which is why my pitch is for a uh, is 
put Cypher, or not Cypher, put Sunspot and Monet together. Not permanently. For a little while. Yes. Because <laughs> oh, yes. I feel like Monet would be like, God, I feel like Monet wouldn't tolerate his shit, but also she's like, fuck, you're really good looking. <laughs> Let her bully him. Yeah. That's just, yeah. he'll be into it. <laughs> He's into Deathbird at one point. He let her do whatever. He's still into Deathbird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Emma explains to Scott, like, look, without her power, she's nothing but a potential victim, just like the rest of the human students. And Scott's like, I don't want to fuck. She's family. We're not going to throw our family away. And uh, for some reason, Emma Logan is just standing outside during this argument. Emma says something brutal, though, which is, this is a school for the gifted, and she no longer fits into that category. She's not a student. Damn. Yeah, and oh, what I this is, so, in, throughout the, the Academy X thing, they kind of play it like it's a, they make it clear that Danny and Emma do not like each other, but they do kind of have, like, a begrudging respect a little bit. But in this run, it's, it's made clear Emma just does not fucking like Danny. Yeah. Like, She's not the only adult mutant to be depowered, but she is, to my memory, the only one that ever makes a point to fucking fire. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Because they don't fire Bobby. Yeah. It's, maybe it's because she knew he was faking. Because <laughs> Emma knew he was full of shit. Also, something I should mention, the writing team changed in between, like, at this issue. Like, they got... They got a different writing team here. Yeah, because so. this isn't uh, Weir and Diffilipus anymore. Changes, is, uh, yeah. It's, uh, um, it's Kyle. Is this? This is Kyle. Yeah, it's. And, uh, yeah, Yost. it's Kyle and Yost. It's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Kyle and Yost, not Weir and Diffilipus. And so, Kyle and Yost write Emma way bitchier. They they write her like uh like Generation X at the beginning, Emma. Yes. Yeah. Uh, conveniently though, Emma goes through a horribly traumatic experience, so it can be no prize. <laughs> Right. Uh, Emma has a moment in this later that um, made me hate Emma Frost for years. I've kind of turned the corner on her a little bit, but I just I, I view it more now as bad writing. Yeah, but we'll get to that when it's when it, I'll talk about it when it pops up. Yeah. So yeah. Logan calls Laura, uh, who is still Laura X here, not Laura Kinney, which is weird. Uh, oh, before he calls her though is one of my favorite pages though. So just real, oh yeah, really cool. yeah. Um, uh, we get to see the creepy hand again. Uh, Josh is trying to heal Lori, and it's not working. And she says that she can't feel her hand. And Josh is trying, and he's he's crying. And he says, Lori, I'm trying. I just, I can't stop crying. Is that you or me? And she says, oh, Josh, I think it's you. And not gonna lie, when I first read this, I thought that that meant that she was depowered. She's not depowered, but no. like... <laughs> He's yeah. just so distraught over the fact that he can't fix her hand. Right. That he's, he's like, clutching her arm at her bedside, crying his eyes out, unable to do anything. And he's, he's just a sweet, good boy. He's like, my <laughs> one thing is that I can heal people, that I can fix this shit, and I can't do it. to the per I can't fix the person who means the most to me. And Wither <laughs> is outside the room, just, like, menacingly staring. Oh, it's so creepy. He looks like that Mr. Incredible meme. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, in San Francisco, Laura gets a call from Logan, and he's like, "Hey, Will, how's your how's your Logan?" Uh, it is not good. <laughs> All right, I'll do it. 
You might as well say hello, kid. I can hear you breathing. Uh, and I don't know who she's referring to here. She says, I miss them. She was my only friend. And uh, Logan's like, I know you do, but they aren't here anymore. I know she was, Laura. You... But she's gone now, and you being there won't bring her back. Look, you're breaking my heart, but I didn't call to talk about that. You have to come back. You and I had a deal, and I kept my end of it. I didn't tell anyone I knew you. I even let you slash me across the face, something I don't even remember agreeing to, but whatever. And you... No more alien costumes, no more growling, and no more BS. You have to come back and try it for real this time. Basically, he's like, just fucking come back to the school. And uh, he's like, while he's trying to plead with her, she just throws her phone into a wharf. Say, fuck this, fuck you, I'm not coming. Right into the bay. Yeah, yeah I'm not. Which I'm is not ironic, because he's, as he's talking to her, he's staring at the dead body of Hydro that he... <laughs> out of the pool. Yeah. Oh God, you're right. And it's like it's a good it's a good Logan moment, but it it made me realize that um I don't know shit about X twenty three's comic origin. It's bad. Don't read I it. Know the TV show. I just know the TV show. Just watch. Just watch Evolution. It's you're a good. Bad, don't watch. Don't read NYX. That's a public service announcement. Do not under any circumstance read fucking NYX. Yeah. Uh, so. Cut away, two weeks have passed. And Emma is talking. She says, the news is out, Scott. The mutant population has been decimated. And sooner than later, our enemies will come for us. If you want blood on your hands, and as she says this, the bloody hand of who we find out is Jay Guthrie drags across the door. And she says, but I'm going to protest these children at any cost. Jay? Oh my god. It's so brutal, man. It's... So brutal. This kid has bandages. His wings are gone. Like, gone. His hands are covered in blood. His eyes are open. He's oozing blood everywhere. Like, he's got blood on his feet, on the hem of his jeans, all over his back. Like, wings amputated, having a bad time, crawled onto the doorstep of the school. Like, oh, buddy. It's... My sweet, sweet boy. No. He's doing his best. Uh, Reverend William Stryker, a year... So, issue, this is issue 21. Uh, one year ago, at St. Michael's Hospital, Reverend William Stryker runs into a sa- uh, surgeon named Jack Abrams, uh, who is trying to hail down a taxi, and he convinces him to stay. And he asks, Tell me, Jack, do you believe in God? And as he asks this, fucking pace bus speeds right into the taxi he was about to get in. It explodes. Just fucking wrecks it. Just, just, the driver is in, is dust. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> that taxi driver does not exist anymore. Call his family. Uh, <laughs> Poor dude. You could have saved the driver, too. Like, he didn't need to... <laughs> okay. Uh... Now, at the Xavier Institute for Higher Learning, there are five Sentinels just hanging out at school. Because hashtag Gaslight Gatekeep Girl Boss Valerie Cooper has decided that <laughs> mutant kind, they need to have O-N-E inside human-piloted Sentinels to, quote-unquote, stand guard and protect the mutant population. 
I don't know about you. Keep this in mind later. Surrounded by signs of my own past genocide. The Sentinels killed 16 million mutants on Genosha. If I wouldn't feel very safe if I was one of 200 mutants left in existence and I was a child. I think at one point either either Kitty Pride or Wolverine says that it feels like the equivalent of seeing like a burning cross on your yard that's supposed to protect you. Yeah. And and my thing is this, if let's say that they are trying to repurpose the Sentinels, right? Um why not make them look different? Why do yeah. they have to look right. the exact Why does he being Sentinels? Why are they all purple? Like, oh change the face. You can do that. Forge is here. Uh, oh, tomatoes, tomatoes. <laughs> uh, ever since you pointed out that Forge looks like Eddie Guerrero, I can't not see it. Uh, he's like, uh, he's making uh, Surge new gauntlets that help her with her power regulation. Uh, They're less bulky. Yeah, less bulky, less weight. Uh, and he's like, she says, she asks him, nothing's ever going to be the same again, will it? She says, no, I'm afraid dark times are ahead of us. And with so few mutants left, we must do everything we can for our people or risk losing everything. You're right, Forge. There are dark times ahead for the X-Men franchise. Note, Forge <laughs> once made a gun that depowered mutants. That's how Rain lost her powers. And Storm. And Storm. Uh, and Moira McTaggart. <laughs> My only oh. note here is Forge sucks. That is Forge. So they're asking Tag, hey, what do you want to do, man? He's like, I don't want to go home, but do you really think they'll make me? And Santo actually has a pretty good idea. Maybe you could just fake like you still had your powers. <laughs> I could they just <laughs> randomly run away from you and stuff. Like it's a... Also, I think that's the last sentence Tag gets to say. <laughs> yeah. Do you really think they'll make me? Uh... And fucking Santo turns to wrestling. <laughs> and it's still the Fed here. He's like the Wrestling Federation. Uh, and fucking Pixie is so annoyed. By... Pixie and Anol are so annoyed by this. They get up and leave. Oh, that is Pixie. They, they gave her such a drastic redesign when yes. uh, Scotty Young got the, the art that I completely forgot that's how Pixie used to look. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she used to have, like, war paint on her face that was just pink for no reason. And her wings used to be rainbow, and her hair was, like, a pixie cut. Yep. But. It's also I, before I, she lose, famously lost her soul because of Ileana. Which yeah. is cool. And I like her later I, design way better. Yeah, same. Uh. Oh, they also mentioned that uh, Josh can't heal anybody because, well, first of all, they established Josh is the only healer left. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and also he can't heal anybody because the X genes are just gone. There's nothing to be fixed. Like, like on a fundamental level, they've been genetically modified. Yeah. Uh... And then the mutants learned, all the students still here, learned that, like, this is planet-wide. This was not just their school. Every single mutant, except for, like, 200 people, have all been depowered. Yeah. yeah um, Trish Tilby shows up here, which is always good to see her. Uh, fucking Trish Tilby. Quick question. She mentions that Mutant Town has been completely depopulated. I've got to ask, who on Earth 
in New York City is capable of moving out in an entire neighborhood in two weeks. Like, that's just... <laughs> If it was like the streets are empty, people are hiding inside. That's one thing. But she's like, nah, they no, left. Nobody, everybody is gone. So my assumption on that has been that a lot of those people that lived in Mutant Town probably had like physical mutations that they were getting ostracized for. And so like, oh, mom, dad, I don't look like a giant elephant anymore. Can I come live at home again? Right. Yeah, that's probably, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so William Stryker famously... Uh, right before this uh, gave a press conference. He says, God will give the world a sign. One that I'm destined to ensure the faithful will be watching. Once given, we must all look to the results of this grand miracle and find the path of righteousness. Which uh, is just... Reading all the religious stuff, I forgot how much sermons, how many sermons there are in these, in this arc. And the arc right after this. You just have to skip just, them a little bit, man. Uh, I, I did. <laughs> I would read the first sentence and then the last sentence and I'd be like, yeah, there was some religious shit in there. Yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. We hate the mutants. Perfect future, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know? Tune it out like it's a 700 Club. Um... Yeah, and then there's like an entire page of an of an interview with Stryker, which, to be completely honest, I did, I did not, not read. read. <laughs> it's really, it's really just exposition explaining how he's able to do this without like getting prosecuted because he got like a pardon from the governor. I think they say so. It's really just exposition explaining how he got here. Right. I hate the retcon that he never died. By the yeah. way. Because he gets very clearly shot in the chest in God Loves Man Kills, and I. As much as I like this story, I actually wish it wasn't him. Yeah. Like, I, I wish it was someone else I wish and it was not like William Stryker. Creed or, uh... or even just, like, pick a new guy and say that he was, like, William Stryker's Stryker, in command yeah. or, like, inspired by him or he was, like, a devotee or something like that and still go with the religious angle. But, like, I, I don't... Stryker was just such a good villain... For God Loves Man Kills and had such a good poetic ending. I wish it had just stopped. Let me uh let me fact check this real quick. But I think the reason they use him is this was a couple of years after X2, and he's the main villain in that. He is the main yeah, villain in X2, yes. Oh, uh, yeah, you're was, right. Two years afterwards, so he has the name recognition to a lot of casual <sighs> things. Right. And X2 is a very good movie. I, I just yeah. watched X2 last weekend. Uh that movie it holds up it contains one of my favorite scenes which is just magneto and mystique laughing at uh, <laughs> laughing at the x-men and it's literally just like two very very gay people laughing hysterically at all the straights and i just it's a vibe uh, it also contains my favorite uh magneto thing which is the time he kills that dude with all the iron in his blood <laughs> my favorite magneto thing is the william fassbender one where he has the coin and the knife and the Nazis in the bar in Argentina. Yes. It's so good. Oh, it's great. Uh, so the uh, so he's talking about it's a miracle, blah 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 blah. And Jay, Poor Jay, Jay likes to remind the Guthries every so often like to remind everybody that they are uh, just just salt of the earth people who truly think think that everybody has their best interest at heart. Because Jay immediately says, 
What if it was a miracle? And I was like, Jay, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, I know, and Tag does Tag does say here. He's like, this guy's nuts, man. Uh, uh, no, that's Josh. Is that is that Josh? The the, the the bubble is on Tag's head. That's fucked. You have to look at what mouth it's pointing to because it's pointing to Josh's mouth, not Tag's. Tag doesn't say that. Tag has, I think, if up off the top of my head, Tag has a line in the danger cave, and he says something right before he gets on the bus and as the bus thing is happening. That's it. And uh, and Jay at, says, look, can any of you honestly say for the second for a second you didn't wish you'd lost your powers too? That you didn't want to be normal? Maybe there was a reason we weren't chosen. And Serge kind of goes off on him. And she's like, if this is such a beautiful damn miracle, then where's Jeffrey Garrett? He's the dead, Jay. Jeffrey Garrett was the ghost kid, by the way. So he's just like God. His yeah. power was to be a ghost. He yes. he, he gone. <laughs> he, Hydro's dead too, and who knows how many more mutants are there are dead or dying right now. I can't believe I'm saying this, but go off, Surge. Surge yeah. is correct. <laughs> I feel like I should mention why I hate Surge. Yeah, Surge we should. Surge is Islamophobic. Very, very Islamophobic. She gets put at the very beginning of this book, she gets put with Dust as her roommate. Dust, Soraya Kadir, Queen. Love her. Anyway, um, Surge all the time just like walks around in crop tops and tells Dust that she's like repressed and like not repressed, oppressed and um, making bad choices and like refuses to stand up for herself and only does what all the, all the bad stereotypes. You're setting women back. Yeah. Oh, I should also mention. Uh, Dust wears like a full niqab. You can only see her eyes. Yeah. Um, and like observes all of that and at every single opportunity, Surge is an asshole about it. <laughs> and it's. I'm glad you brought this up because earlier I mentioned how. There's little hints to remind you that this happened in the mid 2000s. Yeah. And when I read this, granted, I was much younger than I am now. I didn't really pick up on any of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it wasn't I until I, you and I talked about it a few months ago. Yeah. And for, for reference, uh, dear listeners, we were talking about the schism episode. And then Mark is just like, yeah, well, Surge is Islamophobic. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, when the fuck did that happen? I was like, the whole like, time. Yeah. And it, it, it's crazy how, especially at the time, the media made that shit so normalized that it right. didn't even register in my brain. You know what I mean? Like, Surge, at the beginning of this book, the way that she's written in regards to how she talks to, um, to Dust, it's like, you are supposed to empathize with Serge's point of view. Yeah. You're supposed to like Serge. Like, like Serge I mean, is, the kid, is supposed little... to be the Katie Pride of this generation. Yes, she Insanity. Is. Good point. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you were to go generation of mutant by generation, your POV character, Cyclops, Storm, Kitty, uh, Jubilee, and then for this generation, it was supposed to be Surge. And I think another thing that really irks me about this is I've, I've spoken about this before on the show in the Red Hood and Outlaws episode, but I kind of hate the trope of 
uh, a person of color being the bigot of the group. Yes. Um, I especially hate it here because Surge is not only Japanese, she is like recently immigrated to America Japanese. And was just like, homeless. Yeah. Like, and a drug addict. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, they, they do this with another kid. Well, they don't do just specifically this, but this kind of tone deafness, it really made me dislike a no for a long time. Mm-hmm. Because, um. The little gay oh, lizard. Yes, for <laughs> reference, uh, his power is he's a little lizard boy. He is also uh, very out. And at one point, he goes home. I think he's from like a town in like Michigan or something like that. And he says how the town threw him a parade and how he hated it because he didn't like all the attention. He just wanted to be treated normal, which I get that. But do you know how many little queer teenage boys would love to have that much support? Do you right. know how many mutants would love to yeah. have the support? Do you know how many mutants with physical mutations would love to have that support? And it's like, I get what you were trying to do when you wrote this, but you just make him look like an asshole. Yes. It's like, the, it's like the call me Alex, don't use the M word uh, speech. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back to havoc. Uh, it's, like it's the root of all the problems. No, it's, but it's, yeah, I completely agree. It's very much in that, like, tone, which is why I'm only okay within this one instance saying, like, you know what? I agree. Surge, 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 Surge made a good point. To, like, like, Jay, no, please do not tell this room of, like, your friends. One of the people in, well, not just your friends, but, like, half the people in this room have visible mutations. None of the people with visible mutations lost their powers. Including himself. Well, including <laughs> yeah. himself. Um, There are, like, your friends who include, like, a gay kid, a black kid, like, various immigrants from various other countries. A gay black kid. A gay bu- He doesn't know that yet. He doesn't but know he is, yet. <laughs> he's, he's a bi black kid. Uh, like your friend from Brazil, all these people, you're going to tell them that like this horrible bigoted preacher man on the TV Maybe that, had a once, point. that once attempted to shoot Kitty Pride in the face on television you're gonna say that this man is telling the truth and maybe this was a miracle from God that your friends just died? Jay read the fucking room! Like the thing is like about the Guthries is that they are all they all want so badly to see the good in everybody and yeah. they want to hear everybody out. They're your like I love Cannonball. He's one of my favorite characters. But fundamentally, the thing about the Guthries is that Ma raised them to to trust everybody. <laughs> work when you live in a small town where everybody knows your name. You work but... you when you live in a small Kentucky coal town. Not so much when uh, people are trying to blow your friends up. Uh, David makes the point of like, hey, uh, everybody needs to calm down. No one knows why this happened, and we need to stick together right now, not attack each and other. And here it I, comes. I would like to note that fucking David has been hitting the weight room. <laughs> oh, all, all these kids are cut. David, like, David is jacked up. I understand the concept that superheroes are all almost always going to have really great physiques, but specifically the kids in this book, like, they're just chiseled. David looks like, like Butch Reed. 
Yeah, he's just, he's big. He's Farouk big, man. Like, <laughs> and on the next page with Hellion, his thighs are just like... <laughs> Hellion looks like Superboy here. Yeah, he he's does. actually, this, wow, he actually really does. Shit, he looks like 90s Superboy he with different exactly colors. He looks exactly like 90s Connor. Uh, okay. But then Hellion goes, what do you mean, we, human? Because he's just... Oh, Julian's gonna come out of nowhere and be a dick. That's what he gotta do. He's what. It's what he's gotta do. He's like. He's like Damian Wayne. Yes. That's Black that's Adam. what his personality is. I will cause problems on purpose, and I will be mean as fuck. And then every once in a while, I'll be heartfelt. It's everybody else's problem. Uh, he's hard to, I know it's hard to tell with you, but last time I checked, you just became a part of them. And again, Surge stands by her man here. It's like, what the fuck is your problem? I'll fucking kill you, man. Surge is ready to go. She is ready to rumble. Ready to fight. And he says, it's okay. Because when because David knows that when his, we're all against the wall, he'll be fleeing clear. Did he tell you about his little phone call with Harvard yet? And <laughs> in this panel, Hellion looks like Satan. <laughs> He does. He his face is covered in shadow. His eye you cannot see his pupils. <laughs> he looks like the devil. Uh, and at this amazing moment is when my sweet sweet wind dancer shows up because her once again she's been having this like great flirtation with Hellion for this entire book, but she just got depowered and. She just heard how Hellion really thinks. And yeah. she shows up and she's like, and why is that, Julian? Please, tell me why is it better, Julian? Because David is human now? Are humans not worthy of being loved in your eyes? Sophia, you used to call me beautiful. Like <laughs> you used to call me beautiful. Am I less so now? And then she just leaves. She says, just stop, Julian. You're making fools of both of us. I would like to say, I've, I'm sure I've heard my mom say this to my dad at some point. <laughs> <laughs> this, this this is such a summation of who who Hellion is and the bad decisions he makes. He said all of that just to make David feel bad, while a his love interest is in the exact same boat as David, as is his best fucking friend. Right. It's also yeah. in the room. <laughs> yeah, two of the people he cares about the most, Sophia and Brian, are recently depowered. Like the same, like, like they're they they don't they touch on it later once the 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 happening happens, but like early on in that book, there's not a single time you see Tag where he's not standing directly next to Hellion. Yeah, in the Hellions miniseries, the the plot is that they all get like one wish, um, from this like spooky guy who can grant wishes. Tag's wish is to be capable of making. Hellion famous. Yes. Tag's wish is I want to be the hype man for my boy here, which to me reads really, really gay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can that's have a, anything that's a you want. Relationship right there. And, and like, your one wish is to reference. make this one person happy. Yeah. Like, for reference, this dude, the Kingmaker, when he says anything, he, if I remember correctly, cures uh, um, Mercury of her mutation. No, he makes her family love her even with. Oh, that's right. 
Yep, that's what it is. Because she wants to be accepted, yep. so she looks normal, but her family's like, we made a mistake! <laughs> come live with us! Uh, come back, Cecily! And, like, he finds Dust's mom in a refugee camp with, like, no records. Oh, um, yeah, that's what makes it stop, is that Dust, like, I do know this, that Dust doesn't take it. Uh, no, she gives it up because they have to do something in exchange and that thing is stealing something that would, like, kill a bunch of people. They were about to be supervillains accidentally and they're just like, no, we'll give it all up. And But once again, Tag's wish is to make Hellion happy and famous. And Hellion just insulted him. Just because he wanted to, like, get a little jab just, in it, David. Just because he really fucking yeah. hates... Because he really fucking hates David. My God. I do not miss high school, man. Yeah. <laughs> they are... So... It helps to remember they're all, like, 16. Yeah. Uh, Hellion and Surge get ready to fight uh, before they are interrupted by Logan, who introduces them to Laura, who at this point, he still considers his sister, not his Very daughter. Very weird. Yeah. Very weird. Also, why bring the clone thing up immediately? He's literally like, uh, yeah, this is my, uh, this is my sister. She's a clone of me. Uh, she's also, like, a homicidal murderer. Maybe I shouldn't have mentioned that. Anyway, have fun, kids. Bye-bye. Well, <laughs> I love this. It sums up Wolverine and his relationship with kids perfectly. Because he comes in, and all he says is, am I interrupting anything? No? Good. And everybody just stops what they're doing, commands the room, and then just gets awkward and shit and just starts rambling. Yeah, because he, he didn't have, he didn't have a plan. <laughs> yeah, because you just said, this is Laura, my sister. And just left the rest out, comes off much cooler. But instead, he's just like, by the way, she could kill you if she wanted. Yeah. So don't make her want to. Bye. <laughs> he literally says, consider yourselves introduced. She doesn't say a word. It's the most awkward thing. <laughs> he turns back and goes, for the record, my money's on Nori. Who is Surge, by the way. Yeah. We haven't we haven't mentioned that. Uh, and so David tells her, he's like, hey, let it go. He's not worth it. And she's like, can I just kill him a little bit? I would like to point out these two uh, continue the long-running tradition of pairing off your black and Asian leads romantically. Yep. What's with that? I don't know, man. I, it makes me It makes me wonder, like, were they just afraid to give, like, David a white girlfriend? Yes. Is that what <laughs> Yes, correct. Or maybe just, I don't know, maybe... They didn't want to give... More... They didn't want to give Serge a white boyfriend? Maybe. But, you know, there's an easy fix to that, because in just this uh, book alone, I think there's, like, what? Uh, that, that Academy X class has, like, three blondes? Just make one of them black. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Alexa could have just been black. Like, you know, not a difficult move. Yeah, that's very fair. Uh, and so David says, "Hey guys, I got, I have a better idea." And so they, uh, they all go. Everyone except for uh, Laura, Hellion, and Santo uh, go with David, uh, and. This is where we get total total heel turn Emma Frost. Yeah. Yes. Out of nowhere, just fucking hates X-23, read her mind, and is just like, this girl does nothing but 
like kill people. She's surrounded by death. I don't want her in my fucking school. Get her out of here. And Scott's like, she's she's a kid, Emma. Yeah, Scott's like Logan vouches for her, which again to the the point that Scott cares about Logan's opinion more than anybody else's. Yeah. Including and, his girlfriend. Yes. And I mean, to be fair, like, you could make that same case about Logan. Yeah, the one person whose opinion he cares about. There, there are two people whose opinion he cares about. Charles Xavier and Scott Summers. Uh, I'm so glad they're... I'm so glad they're fucking on the moon now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So glad. Uh, I was going to make a joke about Gene just wanted to watch, but I couldn't word it right. Uh, so she's like, I don't think Logan should be around the kids either. He's like, well, he's fucking saved my life a million times. He vouches for her, just like the professor vouched for you. Scott should bring up more that Emma is responsible for Gene becoming Dark Phoenix. Yep. I feel like anytime Emma's well, like, no, you're like, when Emma gets like this, he's like, hey, remember all that shit you did when you were part of the Hellfire Club? Remember how you were like an adult when you did all that shit? Remember the yeah. pony? What about butter rum, Emma? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, meanwhile, in uh, the Morlock tunnels, <laughs> uh, the longest tunnel system in the world, stretching all the way from downtown Manhattan all the way to Westchester. Uh. Serge asks, like, so are you actually leaving? He's like, not by choice, uh, but they're probably not going to let me stay. So I called Harvard to withdraw my application. I'm, I'm going to go to college, but I'll do it closer to here. Uh, I would like to add, uh, Harvard is in Massachusetts. They are in New York. That's not that far. Yeah, not at all. Uh, so they go down to what is now called the Danger Cave. Uh, that lets them relive old field missions. Uh, so we get some we get some fun stuff here because uh, the Hellions show up too. And which, to to my point about how in shape everybody is, look at the the sheer amount of abs that are just on both Hellion and Tag up front. Jacked. Like, they're all cut like fucking. Uh, this is the power Marvel. plant, man. <laughs> yeah, man. They're all cut like fucking Leo Rush. <laughs> yeah. This is this is two chicken chicken versus one asparagus. Uh, <laughs> so they go to uh, this is this is really cool. They go to X Men Mission Number Two Twenty Seven, which is Uncanny Two Twenty Seven: Fall of the Mutants. Uh, and they're all wearing the costumes of one of the X Men. Um, and I want to point out that or X Men or Freedom Force, who was also there at the time, Dust is Destiny, because yes. Destiny wears a full body covering, and they gave her a different costume that's looser, so she's not wearing the, like, legs-out bikini, like, bathing suit. Yeah. But she still has the mask, and specifically, she still has the knife in the forehead from when she got stabbed! Uh, Elixir is fucking long shot. And he doesn't know who it is! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hellion is Havoc. Pretty funny. Pretty funny considering that Havoc was just on the Hellions. Oh my gosh. Um, Rock Slide for every single one of these is going to be Colossus. And he makes a comment <laughs> about that. He's like, they need bigger mutants. <laughs> like, I'm always Colossus. Surge is Psylocke. Uh, 
Which, it's crazy they remembered this Psylocke costume exists. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's the pink and purple armor one. Yeah, with the, with the cloak. Uh, and they mentioned that they're adding Archangel just for Jay. Yeah, because he wasn't <laughs> there for this. Uh, uh, and Tag is Wolverine and Mercury is Rogue. And then they're uh, like, uh... Th so they go to change it because Soraya can't see through Destiny's mask. Because Destiny is blind. Because Destiny is blind. Uh, so they go to mission 166, live for your die. The brood saga! Yeah. And so, again, I think Jay is angel every time in this. Because Jay is Warren. Uh, Mercury is is uh, is Kitty. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Tag is Storm. And it's like, no, no way. <laughs> And I love that um, freaking Hellion, who is Cyclops, uh, second summer's brother for Hellion, uh, says, ha, you know you had a dream about this exact thing, Brian. Honestly, is this Brian experiencing gender euphoria? Maybe. <laughs> is So the one that's like really throwing me is, to be a second, why is Surge Princess Lelandra? <laughs> Because Princess Lilandra was in that story. <laughs> and Elixir is Nightcrawler. Uh, and so, uh, they kind of keep yelling at each other, being teenagers, having fun. Uh, cut away to ten days from now. Elixir is trying to... Or Elixir walks in and they're trying to heal Jay. And they're like, uh, his wings are amputated. We don't know what happened. His healing factor isn't working. Jay is going to die. And he's, he wakes up crying, screaming, get away, don't touch me, just get away from me. Which brings us to- Won't issue... let Elixir help. Yeah, won't let, specifically will not let him help. We move to issue 22. I'd like to uh, point out that in, on the covers for these, they are wearing seemingly the wrong costumes. Uh, it's costumes that they use later. Huh. They haven't gotten them yet. <laughs> yeah, very. They, they use these costumes literally like six or seven issues from now. Right, yeah, because I've seen Surge in this costume before. Which, as I always say, solicits, solic solicits are the devil. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they're throwing them in random costumes to lie to you. Uh, meanwhile, six months ago uh, in Los Angeles... Bob Forward. This is a fun, this is a really funny like little meta joke. Bob Forward was a writer on um, X Men Evolution with Kyle and Yost. Okay. <laughs> that's that's where they pulled that name from, and I only know that because I was just watching X Men Evolution this week. What does that say if your your co-writers go on to write a comic book where you are the target of an assassination? You get shot in the head. He survives. Not again. <laughs> Not the Turned second the shot. <laughs> two shots. Yeah, because Matthew Risman gets a call uh, who's like, hey, uh, your wife and daughter are in grave danger. You must remove them from your home by 4.01 a.m. and not a second later. If you do not, they will die. Oh, by the way, this dude is totally still alive. He 
He's saying this to a hitman, we should mention. He's yeah, like Matthew on a roof. Is a shooting. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so then he runs home. He rushes home, gets his family out. Uh, and the house is destroyed in a landslide. Uh, and he is greeted by William Stryker. He says, may we, spe- may we speak alone, Matthew? This was divine intervention. A miracle. A gift. God does not want your family to enter his kingdom. Not yet. He says, God, but this, I'm a murderer, a paid killer. How could he, why would he? So spare you this suffering and loss when you take innocent lives from profit because, my son, the ranks of God's army are not filled with just angels. Do they? Uh, the little intro card says, William Stryker, savior. <laughs> Do they ever explain how? Stryker was doing this? Yes. yes. He's using Nimrod's records to, um... Oh. Using yep. Nimrod's Nimrod records of events. records. Right. To, pre- right. to get to people who otherwise would have died. Which, this is fascinating because this Nimrod is the Nimrod from Moira's 10th life, I guess, path 1, path A, Right. Where the mutants win and start eradicating AI and Omega Sentinel and Nimrod escape and, and go, go back, back in, in time, time to alter it. Which to change off. it. Right. Um, which this granted, per- this Nimrod might actually be the Nimrod from Days of Future Past and I might be getting that mixed up. There might be two Nimrods, but I think there's only one and I think it's the one from the future of this timeline. Life 10. Of Life 10. Yeah. Um but it's fascinating. I like that. I like the weird time shenanigans. Yeah. So I'm not uh, sure exactly who like they're Hellfire dudes here, right? Yeah. Yeah, because Cecily is uh is dressed as Tessa. Yes. Uh Serge is uh Callisto, um uh Hellion is Toad. Yeah. I have no idea who Rockslide is, but they mentioned later that he gets um, killed by Nimrod. He's, um, he just came back at the end of uh, Marauders. Um, Shinobi Shaw's real dad. Oh, that dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, uh, oh, this time Jay is fucking Nightcrawler. Also, who, who is X-23? I think she's just some random. random, yeah, like a random, like a, random like a yep. Uh, so they, they, oh, he's not Toad, he's Shaw. Shaw wore purple and green? I guess. Uh, That's a terrible fit. D- disgusting. <laughs> That's why I was so confused. Shaw always wears, like, frilly shirts and stuff. I He's got a black choker. It's just bad. Uh, and so Jay goes to leave, and so they tag. They go to tag uh, Laura in, and immediately Hellion is trying to put the moves on her. Like uh, he looks at her, and he says, uh, "He says, okay, you can play, but you don't get to be Wolverine every time." Down, girl. Like he, he you know, well, you know those, you know that segment where the Rock is talking to like Lillian Garcia. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's easy, easy, big fella. He's doing that. And she and threatens to cut his dick off. Without <laughs> saying a word, without moving her face or anything. It's just great. She just, just <laughs> she just looks up at him, sticks, he looks down. <laughs> Didn't they clone you a sense of humor? Uh, bringing them to scenario 240, Inferno. My girl, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's demons out <laughs> ready to fight uh, so now uh, Mercury is Jean now Surge is Storm which I find funny yeah Laura and is Cyclops again. Yeah, and the most forgettable Cyclops fit ever in my opinion oh, the, the worst uh, the X-Factor costume Jean's X-Factor yeah. costume is much cooler than Scott's it's yeah. weird because it's the same costume yeah, but, but I think, she gets a cooler color. Yeah, I think because Jean's had so many bad ones. Yeah, yeah you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which is why, because she had, like, the best costume of all time, and then just yep. hasn't. Yep. Just just put her back in that one. Uh, but X-23 keeps saving Hellion from, yeah. like, the demons of this training scenario, jumping him from behind, and he's, like, really miffed about it. He's like, fucking stop doing that! Um, and so David goes to shut it down and they find out that Danny's leaving. Uh, and he like, he like tells her to shoot like she's a dog. And Santo, an idiot, goes, hey, Brian, can you permanently tag her or something? Brian, Brian, who does not have his powers. And who has, if I'm pretty sure, already left. Yeah, he's about to leave. He's like in the process of leaving. No, no, like he already left the area. Yeah, yeah, gone. yeah. Yeah, he's like, I don't belong here, and just walks off. Like, and nobody even knows he was going. Yeah, like, I certainly didn't. Yeah, it says, uh, yeah, uh, Mercury <laughs> is the only person who noticed. She's like, Brian left. He's the only one who, uh, he believes that I believe he feels you've been ignoring him since he lost his powers. It's like, what can I do? From what Frost told me, they're not going to let Brian stay. I know it sucks, but he's human now. And she's like, okay, but what about Kevin? And uh, Who is secretly listening to this entire any, conversation. Yeah, Wither is here. If there's anything Wither's going to fucking do... He's going to lurk. Sit around and lurk and listen to people talk, little fucking creep. And just, and he just, uh... Hellion says, which, I don't know, I kind of hate this trope a little bit, but I do get it. Uh, they're having a conversation and she goes well what about Kevin and he goes seriously did you see smell which smell girl is a hilarious <laughs> hilarious nickname he really bangled it and she goes that was an accident he's like relax sis we all know how you feel about him but we also know how dangerous Kevin is it wouldn't be such a big deal but Kevin almost killed Lori so I need some time to figure out how to deal with him and Kevin just runs away like a uh, hot rod. <laughs> and the next line is him saying, Oh, don't worry. We're a team, so I won't let anything happen to him. But of course, Kevin's already ran off because that's yeah. the trope. It's the, it's the, oh, if you would stay two seconds longer, you would have right. they really care. But, you know, now he's just gonna, he's got an excuse to fuck off. And be I think, I think after this, Kevin is gone until Necrotia. I don't think he's, yep. 
Nope, he's not gone until the Crochet. Kevin is gone until issue like 27 or 28, which I read earlier today, in which he's roomies in Mutant Town with Celine. Yeah. That's when yes. Celine is in Mutant Town because they room together. Uh, he watches her vampire drain eat a bunch of people and two people sneak up and are like about to shoot her and he kills the two people that are about to shoot her because they're like trying to raid the apartment because they found out it's fucking Celine. Yeah. That's... Uh, so he kills those two people. She becomes hot again and then they make out. They, they were so this is also explained again in the crochet. She um she sees him in like a park like you can smell death on and that's how they become roommates. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like that, and then those two characters are off page until Necrotia happens. Yeah. Yeah. Which he, is uh, like three years after this. He simps for Celine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> which can, is certainly a choice. Her. Yeah. He can make out with her. Which, granted, he can also touch Mercury, and Mercury likes him. Mm-hmm. Mercury's been, like, trying to flirt with him this entire time. She's proven that she can touch his bare skin and nothing happens because she's inorganic. She'll be fine. But you know what? It's all for the best because it means that Mercury gets to make out with Loa on Krakoa now. And they yeah. get to be cute gay kids having a good time. Indeed. Trying I to figure out how to have love... sex without cutting each other into ribbons. I love Mercury's design because, like, she's she's uh, an all she's made of Mercury or something thereabouts. So she's all metal, but she still has her natural red hair, and her eyes have that kind of—I don't know how to describe it—but like she doesn't have pupils. Yeah, she yeah. Have like metal eyes. It's a really cool design for her. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, God, I just turned the page and I saw the Sentinels again, and I'm like, God, <laughs> <laughs> God damn, Valerie Cooper with these fucking Sentinels. Uh, and so the New Mutants catch up with Danny. And she's like, look, I don't like the shit either, but if it's going to be, I'm going to be of any use to anybody, it's going to be outside of here. And so Elixir's like, hey, wait, you're my legal guardian. What happens to me? <laughs> she's like, no, it's okay. Shan is here. So. And that doesn't answer the question, though. That's... She's still a legal guardian. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, look, if there's anybody you can trust with, like, the rearing of a child, it's karma. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, she might lose them for a couple years at a time, but she always gets them back. Yeah. Uh, so Danny leaves with, like, her FBI agent boyfriend. Right, because she has been dating an FBI... Really quick, I'm sorry. That... They... This book loves the fucking FBI. <laughs> this comic <laughs> loves, loves them the FBI. There's a plot in, like, way earlier in this run where... um, uh, So Wither killed his dad when his power manifested total accident but like wither definitely killed his dad and the fbi shows up and they're just like uh we would like to take custody of this child because like he's going to jail he killed his father and danny's like we will prove in a court of law that this is wrong and like we will work and we will cooperate with the fbi and the new mutant squad are like yeah we must cooperate with the fbi and hellion and the hellions are like fuck that shit no we're not working with the cops they like hellion gets on a table in the lunchroom and gives this amazing impassioned speech where he's basically like he points to different kids and he's like you set a town on fire you destroyed a park 
you fucked up a store, and we all got to have a second chance by coming here so we could learn how to control our powers and become better. Like, he made a mistake. It could have been any of you. How dare you whisper about him behind his back? Like, we need to stand in mutant solidarity with Wither. And the Hellions are right. Yeah. Wait, Don't remember. fuck with the FBI. The FBI of, like, 2004. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, you also got to remember, like, they're not supposed to be bad guys, per se, but they're not supposed to be the right, quote-unquote, perspective there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's 2005, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're portrayed as, like, being radical mutant supremacists who refuse to follow the law. Yeah, well, guess what happens on Krakoa? They don't listen to the fucking FBI. So Hellion is vindicated. Uh, so Danny says her goodbyes and leaves. He says, stick together, trust yourselves, trust each other, because sometimes it's all you've got. Uh, and so... While she, gives, while she gives Emma Frost the nastiest look, <laughs> this bitch I think you know I'd like to believe that Danny like me just truly does not fuck with the city of Boston <laughs> and I appreciate that I feel seen <laughs> fuck Boston fuck Massachusetts broadly <laughs> um, no good can come from this Boston, a city so bad that Tory Hunter had a clause in his contract that meant he couldn't get traded there. What a legend. <laughs> the god. Uh, is it fucked up that he has a son that plays in the minors now? That that time has passed enough that Tory Hunter Jr. plays in the minors now? I mean, Vlad Guerrero Jr., there, people out here trying to say he might hit better than his dad, which is craziness. But Dog, he hit three home runs yesterday. He hit two of those after he got spiked in the hand. Yeah, they're not, <laughs> they're not natural people. Not real guys. Um, so Emma tries to be a dick to Laura again. Scott shuts it down. I this is what Scott's sunglasses should look like. Yes. Yeah, these are better. These aren't the early two thousands wraparound shades. Yeah. These are. These he are much have These or like he should have like round, uh, small like you know those like kind of chic little. Round sunglasses. I feel like he'd look pretty cool with those. I think the round ones remind me too much of Daredevil. Yeah, fair. Yeah, that's fair. Especially because Matt Murdock also wears one with red glass. Yeah. So I, I feel like the, he can't, Scott Summers can't do round ones. Yeah. And much like Daredevil, we should never see his eyes. Yeah. Ever. Agreed. Uh, so Scott gets the room arrangement sorted. Uh, Dust is now Laura's roommate. A much, a big improvement over Surge. Very big improvement. Uh, so she comes in, and uh, Laura comes in with Scott, and Dust is praying. Um, and uh, so they hit it off pretty quick. Laura immediately realizes, like, oh, you're from Afghanistan. She's like, yeah, I did not realize you spoke the language. She's like, are you familiar with my home? He sa she says, yes. I have killed in Afghanistan. And they just stare at each other. <laughs> this is better. If you're reading it on the on like uh, Comixology or like the Marvel Unlimited app, and you could just zoom in on the panel, they just kind of just stare at each other. <laughs> like just they just look at each other where Laura's like, oh did I should I not have said that? <laughs> it's 
a good beat. I will. One of the great things about the writing of this book is that, like, they know when to take a pause. They yeah, know when to it's just written like it's TV. Yeah, they know when to let a panel breathe, and this is an incredible beat. Um, and so Josh and Lori are back in her room, uh, and he's he is still sitting at her bedside, like sleeping on her, because he doesn't want to leave her side. Um, it's really cute. They they really went from cute. like. They went from, like, kind of cute and dating to, like, ride or die very quickly. Mm-hmm. Put a pin in that. Uh... Oh! <laughs> no! Cut to Nori and David just fucking make it out. Nori has a fully coolie poster on her wall! <laughs> well, you know, oh. it, it, it's 2005. How else will we know that she's Japanese? Wither had a God of War poster. (laughs) Yeah, of course he did. Also, fucking Wallflower has a Save the Last Dance poster. I love the random kind of just things in here. Like, I know it's not in this issue, but I remember at one point, like, David just wears an Outcast t shirt. (laughs) But specifically, it's not like a it's not like a t shirt for the band Outcast. It's from the short lived clothing line that they had. I think I think it's really funny that that Serge has this has this fucking fully coolie poster given what we started this episode talking about. Cuz you know what else has a fucked up weird relationship? Has a lot of fucked up weird age related relationships? Fully coolie. Yeah. There is for those of you who haven't seen it. There's a great video on Fooly Cooly, um, on the channel Beyond the Bot by comedian Udoy Travis. Uh, it's like an incredible video, like about uh, Fooly Cooly and uh, masculinity. Uh, but he spends a lot of time talking about how fucked up it is that all the women in this kid's life, uh, who are romantically or sexually interested in him, are notably older than him. Uh, which, again, feels on the nose for this book. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Hellion is trying to talk to Windancer through the door, and he's like, you've been avoiding me for days, please come out. Uh, and she's like, just leave me alone. And uh, He looks so distraught. Yeah. Uh, and she's so Mercury comes up. She's like, "Hey, have you seen Kevin anywhere?" It's like, "Yeah, I'm busy right now, Sess." Yeah, well, Kevin's missing, and I thought you might want to help me find him. He's a big boy, Sess. He'll get over this. Nice, Julian. Way to look after your friends. Uh, and on the other side of the door, we see Sophia packing. We see Wither crawl out of a sewer. <laughs> yeah, and the next time he we see him, he is in the company of Celine. And uh, the less said about this next page, the better. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't read the I didn't read the Forge stuff. Yeah, good because uh, it's Forge. Why would you ever skip <laughs> over that page? They're just talking about Sentinels. Forge is over there working on something. Whatever. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> Get him out of here. <laughs> uh, Laura's trying to sleep and is interrupted by a nightmare, and th- her mother. Sarah Kinney at, shambles down a hallway covered in blood 
asking. Quick question, Will, is this the thing you were referring to that made you hate Emma um, first? Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because this is fucked. She's like, why did you why did you kill me? I loved you, but you killed me. Why, X-23? And then that's what snaps her out of it. Laura goes, my mother gave me a name. She would not call me X-23. And fucking Emma goes, well, she can't call you anything now, can she? brutal to this child who's been through so much trauma in her short short life emma you you're supposed to love kids okay so if i can find it i will drop it in the discord but there is a tiktok i saw a couple of months ago and this creator was basically saying how one of the reasons they loved emma frost is that she kind of stands as a third way that's not quite as extreme as magneto but much more than pragmatic than Charles. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that was a good perspective to have on Emma. However, Emma at times can be just a straight up fucking villain. Yeah. And she's is one of those times. (laughs) Like I understand that she doesn't trust X-23. I get that. What was, what was the best case scenario here for this? (laughs) Just torturing this poor traumatized this traumatized and dangerous girl who was in a school full of students that half of them don't have fucking powers anymore. What's the end game here except for just being horrible? It burned me up so fucking much. And I hated Emma Frost for years after this scene. Valid. Like, Valid. Like if she, and, and let's, let's call a spade a spade. If X-23 had went insane and proved Emma right, what the fuck was Emma going to do to stop her? Not because shit. Last I, checked, last I checked, that diamond skin does not stop Animadium. What the fuck was she going to do? Get certainly doesn't stop. Shit? Yeah, certainly doesn't stop Vibranium. That happens a couple issues later. Like Exactly. Like, is she just going to get sliced to shit and say, ha ha, I told you so? By the way, Laura uh, went crazy and killed 50 of our depowered mutants? Like, what? It, it, uh, it makes no sense. And, yep. and it definitely feels like it's an agenda from the writing team. So I get it. But at the same time, it's just... It feels like Kyle and Yost did not read Generation X. Yes, 100%. Or or New X-Men. Like, the actual New X-Men, not New X-Men Academy X. Um, Though, I will give them one... I I totally agree. I truly do not like how they write Emma, with the exception of one thing. Which we are not covering today, but it's a couple issues later, and it's when she's showing Carol around. Oh, Uh, God, that fucking rules! Hey, Ms. Marvel! Um... Why are you coming to us about this registration act for your stupid little civil war? Let me take you on a tour of all the bodies I buried this week. You showed up two. You showed up twenty, like forty-eight hours. No, it was twenty-two. You showed up twenty-two hours after a bus blew up with students on it. You gonna help me dig these graves? My poor Nightcrawler has been giving eulogies all day. Fifteen yes. graves. They put that man to work. They said, who's of ourselves? His heart. He doesn't give any of them generic ones either. No. Like, they, the no. way he does, because the, the one that's highlighted in the issue that we'll kind of half cover is, uh, uh, Tags. Tag. And he gives it in detail, and it seems very personable, and then it pulls back, and you see that he is the first of, like she said, 15. 15 graves. And he just walks to the next one. He's like, all right, turn the page. Next kid. 
But anyway, yeah, Emma Emma is out of line here. Yeah. Mentally uh, tormenting X23. This and issue that, ends that with... Gets me is that not only is she doing this, she has she said she can get into X-23's mind. She showed that she's doing it here. You, Emma Frost, are the only person here that can fucking help her. Right. Right. But you're choosing not to. Right. To be pet. Where's the female solidarity? Where's the end? Listen, I, I'm sorry to bring up that terrible plot, but like I feel like it is actually kind of relevant. Like, where's the solidarity with like, a girl, a girl who's been who through was, things that you've been through, Emma. Yes, has been yeah. taken advantage of by powerful men and been unable to stop it. And like Emma, that was you in the Hellfire Club. Like, yep. you should see solidarity here. You should want to help her. You should at the very least not be a total dickhead. Yes. Ugh. But she's from fucking Boston. They can't fucking help it. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking scumbags. It's in their blood. <laughs> what, what an explanation. The uh, exception to this rule is, of course, friend of the podcast, Foxy Calvin Campbell. <laughs> uh, A.K.A. Fox McLeod. <laughs> yeah, buddy. That's a good fucking name. Uh, it is. So, we cut to, uh, we cut to the purifiers being assembled. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> fucking, they, rock they look, these fucking losers. Why are they all dressed like the Huntress is my note here. <laughs> oh my God, they are. <laughs> look at these fucking losers. They're all dressed like Helena Bernelli. Oh, but worse, because at least she's hot. <laughs> uh, so, uh. Issue 23, this is the last issue of the story, uh, Childhood's End. Eight weeks ago, uh, William Stryker is going through uh, a database to find Julia Cabot, who is um, who is uh, Jay's yep. ex-girlfriend? Dead girlfriend yeah. not ex yeah so right. yes yes it was basically like a romeo and juliet story uh that happened in kentucky it was before this i think it was the same plot where they like all visit ma guthrie and i think that's when husk and <laughs> oh because he <laughs> fucking she lies with <laughs> angels <laughs> she lies with angels i'm pretty sure she lies with angels is the plot that this happens in but anyway uh the backstory is basically that there's like a feud between like two families and uh jay has a girlfriend and like the parents don't approve and yada 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 and she dies and he tries to kill himself to like be with her but then his healing factor kicks in and he can't do it because right. it doesn't work and so then he comes to the school to, like, not be sad anymore. Yeah. Um, and apparently that happened a year prior, and he prays every single Sunday for her immortal soul. Because he misses her and he loves her. Yeah. Because oh, he's... Cause, yeah. Because he's a fucking okay. Guthrie and he's a good person. Uh, no, I would like to note, there's an asterisk on that statement. Uh, he's a Guthrie who isn't Joel. Yeah. Fuck Joel. 
<laughs> the one, listen, Maga 3 did a great job. 90% is a wonderful grade. Uh, nine out of one, 10 is incredible. Nine out of 10 is great. One of her children is a human supremacist. Because she's jealous that she doesn't have any mutant powers. I, we should add. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's the one that doesn't have any powers and she's super pissed about it. So she becomes a bigot. It's just like a... Uh, what's that creepy-faced uh, son that Sabretooth and Mystique have? Oh, Graydon Creed. Graydon Creed. <laughs> yeah, that just looks like Sabretooth but still isn't an actual mutant. Yeah, yeah. Your, your parents are two pretty strong mutants. No powers. And you just gotta live your goddamn life. Your half-brother is Nightcrawler. <laughs> well, that's one of the reasons why uh, Mystique abandoned Graydon Creed was because he was just a human. She's like, ah, I don't need that. <laughs> Useless. Go to hell. Uh, and so... Uh, Stryker meets Jay in the church and says, I know a great deal about you and Julia. I'm a simple servant of the Lord. Julia Cabot has a beautiful soul, one I know you feel was called to heaven too soon. But I do not lose faith as she waits for you there and listens to your prayers every Sunday. Tell me, Jay, did you know that there was an angel there the day she died? No. Well, God sent one to be by her side so that he could end her suffering and bring her home. You see, angels exist solely to serve the Lord and act as his most trusted messengers. There is an angel present the day Julia died, just as there is an angel here today. And Jacob's, where? You fucking, are the angel, my son. And I fucking sweet you dumb out. boy. Ah, <laughs> uh, you. See, like, it's hard to feel, like, angry with Jay here. Because he is he's being manipulated. Oh, so dumb. He's being manipulated and doesn't know it because he is. Stryker is appealing to the most awful thing that has ever happened in Jay's life. Oh, yeah. Which, once again, he was very, very suicidal about. Yes. And he is telling him everything that he maybe doesn't want to hear, but like might need to hear in this weird, very religious way. Like, he's praying to. Like, he's playing to his sensibilities as a Christian, and he's playing to his trauma and his loss. This is what happens to a lot of people. This is how a lot of people wind up in these, like, ultra-religious, conservative, nut-job organizations. Is he's being taken in by a cult leader. Mm -hmm. Like, the reason, like, a lot of people who go through 12-step programs come out of it very religious is because those programs are extremely religious. Shout out mm -hmm. to Drake Younger. Shout out. And Drake Younger is a perfect example of that. Uh, this is a really beautiful panel, by the way. I love any panel that has Jay's wings. Yeah, his yeah, wings are almost really glowing here in this light. They're also the same color as his hair. They're red, yeah. which is cool. And they're, uh, like, it's painted. It looks fucking awesome. It looks great. A uh, question, timeline-wise, does this happen before they're all seeing Stryker on TV? Yes. Or is it after? Okay. Okay, so when he sees Stryker on TV, he's already met him. And that's oh, no, no, no. This is this is after. Okay, so he's in this moment, he's realizing this is Stryker that he saw on TV. Okay, gotcha. Right. Are yeah. we sure? Because two pages ago, it said eight weeks ago, and Stryker looked at the names, and then the next oh, thing, it just... It okay, has a, yeah. so the it has a place, not a date, 
And then the next scene, it says Xavier Institute now. So the only timestamp we have is eight weeks ago. So I think he already knew Stryker. Yeah. He might have only met him the once. It might not have been like a... It might not have been a full indoctrination until yeah, Jay's he then not with saw the him again. Yet. Yeah, I think it took this and then seeing him on TV. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Gotcha. But I think this is before he sees him on TV. Timeline's confusing, though. I get it. Like, I, I agree. It's weird. It's around a lot here, you know? Yes. And so, Scott... Yeah, so, present day at the Xavier Institute. Scott and Emma are arguing. Um, I would like to add, this is just after House of M. And their, their story in House of M is that they're S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and that they're married. <laughs> and it's like, well, this brings... The Scarlet Witch gave everybody the thing they wanted the most. And so they're trying to figure out which one of them wanted that? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of those things where they have they have the Spider-Man uh, dilemma. Because famously in House of M, once again, everybody got what they wanted. And Spider-Man's happy and married, but he's married to Gwen. Mm -hmm. And that kind of becomes the, oh, is that is that what Spider-Man really wants? And it's right. like, oh, does Scott really want Emma and not Jean? And not Jean. Because I think Jean's with Logan. Yeah, that sounds right. I think I don't know. House of M. I kind of glanced at the the House of M tie-in for this book, in which uh, Sunfire. Yeah, Sunfire is just like a dictator of Japan. Yeah, it's weird. And half of the new mutants are insurgents fighting for human rights, and half of the new mutants are like violent fascists. Uh, including wallflower wallflower is a violent fascist because she's being trained by her dad to be like a manipulative controlling awful person it's i didn't like it yeah, as a story black Honestly, panther does cut off Sabretooth's head and send it to magneto in a box in that story though so mm, that's that is good cool. i like that <laughs> that's pretty good i i love any and all violence against Sabretooth. <laughs> he can take it he deserves it he'll be fine uh, so yeah, this is present day. Uh, we finally get the payoff of bloody the, hand, right? Our, sooner or later, our enemies will come with us, come for us. Um, and so yeah, they Scott quickly goes, "Hey, get elixir." And elixir is dreaming that he fixed Lori's hand because <sighs> he's still at her bedside and it's still not fixed. Still very creepy. Yeah, still very. Uh, creepy. Side note here. That is extremely distracting to me. Scott is in his combat uniform, but he's wearing shades. Yeah, he's wearing the shades, but not his visor. Because they flip-flop on if his visor is part of the hood or not. Oh, I remember that. Yes. That's, uh, that's dumb. Yeah, because the hood is down. Um, so, also, I should add, in this panel where Scott is, chase, is carrying Elixir, or not Elixir, uh, Icarus, he, uh, Icarus looks like fucking Roy Harper. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, and so, so yeah, we get back to Jay not wanting Josh to help him. And he, uh, somebody says, somebody needs to get Sam and Paige. Um, and while he's, while Josh is freaking out, Emma says, hey, come here. And just he goes, forget all that. Maybe the day. There we go. It's like I don't need you freaking out. We are gonna figure this out 
go be somewhere else. Yeah. So she uh, she has everybody, all the students meet in the danger room. This um, is where I was thinking about blindfold. Blindfold's in that shot. Yes, blindfold's in the back here. Ernst is here. Ernst is absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Ernst gets mentioned a page later. She gets dismissed. Just blindfold. That's so. That's where blindfold comes up. <laughs> Ernst is absolutely here. Is also in attendance. Wait, who? Who? Who is? My girl, Bling. Which yeah. yeah. Bling! With exclamation point. Exclamation mark. It's part of the name. Yes. Uh, Let me see who else. Who else is here? That this I one? is this gentle over here? Yeah. Uh, yes, I think so. Uh, we've yeah, also got the three in one. Because he gets dismissed with uh, with Ernst and uh, blindfold and uh, Lori. Yeah. Um, Pixie. Uh, we have Pixie again, but instead of the stripes, now she has circles of like blush on her face. <laughs> like a, I'm so glad that they gave her a different design later. Uh, we got Lola. Lola in the back. Um, Anol is here. Uh, and everybody else who's normally here, too. Right. And so Emma's like, hey, today everything changes. No more squads, no more field days. And <laughs> the three and one are like, you go to hell. <laughs> We're not fucking doing it. <laughs> also, she telepathically told everybody to like go meet in the danger room, but she only telepathically told the mutants who still had powers. None yeah. of the human students heard her. Right. I have a beef with this, because if that's the case, she could have telepathically excluded Ernst, uh, Ernst, uh, gentle and blindfold. If that's yes. the case. She could have just told them to hang out for a minute. She didn't have to bring them in there, make them get in the combat gear, and then tell them to get the fuck up. Right. I think she did have another announcement, though, which was that, like, this is what we're doing from now on. Like, yeah. we have... Like, she's explaining that they, instead of having everybody be on a squad, there's just going to be one squad, and it's going to be the new X-Men, and it's going to be the training squad, and everybody else is not going to be trained for combat, basically. Right. Which I think is dumb. Because if your whole point is, like, people are going to come for you, we need everybody to be ready. I understand having, like, a varsity squad and then everyone else is JV. But she implies that everybody else is going to just be, like, on the sidelines. And that seems really stupid. Yeah. She also excludes armor, which is crazy. Yeah. What's even dumber is, and it shows why this is a fucking dumb idea, is that by the time the book really gets rolling and heavy, half of the people that are excluded... Pixie, Anole, all of them get, like, they end up joining the team. So what was yeah. the whole fucking point of this? Right. I mean, and some of them get shuffled off into other books. Like, uh, like, like Armor, Armor ends up on Astonishing. Well, because Armor's gonna go be in a different book. I right. think that's Armor's why. gonna go be in Astonishing. Oh, yeah. that's right. This is pre-Astonishing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and, okay. um, Blindfold is gonna go do other stuff. Right. Um, to... But yeah, she gets Ernst? she gets Ernst who can't fight, blindfold who can't fight, Lori who has the creepy creepy hand, and then I don't know who this guy is to be completely honest. I have no idea who the fuck gentle. this is. That's gentle. Yeah. I know nothing about gentle. What's he do? So gentle's thing is that he can grow extremely huge in size with like massive power, but it like it breaks his body down. So all Ooh. that silver shit that's on him is vibranium tattoos because he's a He's Russian. That's cool. In That's uh, cool. Uh, correct. Yes, he's the son of a Wakandan yeah. woman and a Russian man. Right, and so he's there specifically because at this point, uh, Storm and 
T'Challa is still uh, doing that whole thing. And so, like, he's there as, like, a favor to Storm. Yeah. But, like, yeah, he, he if he uses his powers for too long, it, he could literally, like, die. Um, I think Oh, shit. In, I think in Second Coming, he uses them, and he gets big. Like, he gets a little bit shorter than a Sentinel, I think. Fuck, that's cool. Okay, I see why these people are all excused from fighting. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they're all excused. Um, weirdly, I, I cannot, for the life of me, pick, figure out why they would exclude Match. <laughs> Wait, did they? Yeah, he's not on the team. No, so I'm saying exclude from the competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they exclude those four people from being in the competition. Oh, Match right, right, just right, yeah. loses. Just loses. Match is not excluded. Like, he fights similarly with the, um, like, armor fights, but doesn't win. Right. So the, uh, yeah, Emma's like, okay, so you guys are going to fight. Uh, it's a freaking battle royale. Yeah, whoever wins. <laughs> Whoever wins, you get to be part of the new X-Men. The rest don't. So, the, the you know, a bunch of, a lot of fighting. Hellion tries to get his team to stick together. He and Surge scrap. Uh, Santo! Also, <laughs> Emma, also, before that all happens, Emma Frost telepathically tells Hellion to take out X-23 as soon as possible. Yeah. He, yeah I think she specifically is like a... Uh, She's like, whatever it takes, get her out first. Yeah. Which is a tall order to ask of this kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Though uh, of all the people here, he is more likely to be able to do it. Yeah, because of the TK. So the the characters who stick, who manage to survive the fight, Mercury, Dust, Hellion, Elixir, Rockslide, Surge. And she goes, uh... You six will move on to train as new X-Men. And Scott <laughs> comes in and he's like, don't you mean seven? You forgot to include Laura. <laughs> and Emma also, doesn't say anything. She just looks pissed. Important beat during the fight. Emma uses her telepathy to freeze Laura in place. And Laura almost gets hit really hard by somebody else. And Hellion saves her and it's just like okay we're even because you saved me in the danger cave yeah so, eh. um they have a romantic thing later so this is kind of like the start of it Sit, yeah um and so emma uh also decides surge is team leader <laughs> because julian couldn't get the job done well because julian cool. betrayed her like went right. against her and saved laura <laughs> she's just Nothing like well fuck you you know here it is julian has now lost his uh, love interest, and now his mentor hates him. Yep. So it's like the downfall is, is steady, brother. And his leadership position. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, Serge. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Uh, I want to point out that I don't like how they handle dust. Uh, how they handle dust power. Oh, it's because, awful. I'm so upset by it. Like she, uh, she is fully covered as part of her religious beliefs. But she is naked when she uses her powers. Mm -hmm. And you know that she's naked because they make a point to, once again, this devout Muslim teenage girl, they make a point to draw the outline of her breast when she's in dustbin. Granted, this differs artist to artist. 
and this artist is bad at it. Yeah. A lot of other artists are like, she's just a cloud of like terrifying. Like, have you ever seen a video of like a sandblaster getting paint yeah. off of something? Usually dust is like that. Yeah, Usually she's dust a is cloud like, with a face. She flays you and is terrifying. But instead, in this fight, for whatever reason, she's just tits out and it's... And they have a kind of a obsession with this because did either one of y'all read the, the pretty terrible uh, Young X-Men book? No. At one point, they show in the future that she um, she becomes a supervillain and is like fully like halter top, fully hair uncovered. And it's just so fucking weird and gross. Like They did that in M-Day. In M-Day, oh, yeah, she doesn't wear makeup. Sorry, yeah. not M-Day. Uh, House of M. In House of M, she doesn't wear one. She's wearing like slutty teenager clothes. Who's she hanging out with in them? I forgot. Uh, her I... and... Might have been Sophia. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, yeah, uh, I wouldn't like to point out too, Serge gets a promotion here because David was kind of the de facto leader of the New Mutant Squad. She was the official leader of New Mutants, oh, okay. though. No, yeah. no, actually, no, sorry. No, she wasn't. No, whoops. That was, um, Sophia. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was David and Sophia. Serge absolutely gets a promotion here. Uh, she looks horrified by this, by the way. So does, yeah. so does Helen, but Serge looks more horrified. Yeah, Emma gives a speech. She says, "Look around you, for this is all that remains." And it's interstitched with uh, with uh, Stryker giving a similar speech. The auditorium is empty here. Like, there's a few kids you can pick out. Like, I can see, like, I can make out the back of Bling's head. Uh, the X Men on stage. That's Cyclops, Kitty, Colossus, Bishop. Beast. Yeah, they Bishop, Rogue, and is that Iceman in the back? Yeah. Which uh, I could have swore that this was before he he exposed that he could still use his powers. I also thought that. I've had the timeline kind of screwed up though. He's just like a blue outline. It honestly could be anyone. <laughs> no, no. When they zoom in tight, you can see it's him. Oh, oh! I didn't notice the zoom in panel. I was just looking at the tiny panel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... that is Iceman. Emma gives a speech to what's left of the school while Stryker has packed this arena to the rafters. Also, I was joking before when I said Tag had a bus to catch, but <laughs> William Stryker literally says, we have a bus to catch <laughs> on this page. He says, assemble my purifiers. We have a bus to catch. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was making a Thunderbird joke. <laughs> yeah, so they smuggle the kids through the Mor Morlock tunnels. And by the way, I'd like to add, I fucking love this look for Bishop. He looks fucking gigantic here. Yeah, He's huge. Looking real swole, brother. Colossus is <laughs> also huge. Colossus also huge. I mean, he's big normally, but this is like big Colossus. And so the, uh... They, the... they put all the human kids on a school bus. The idea is, like, if the school is going to be a target, we need to get these kids someplace safe because they these are all the kids that, like, their parents didn't want them, basically. Right. We're going to get them somewhere uh... safe, and we're going to do it quietly in the middle of the night so that... We're sneak them out. So that nobody notices we're doing it. Uh, and... Do they say where they were sending them? It does. Just somewhere safe. 
Also, this is the in the the chat here. I've put the the photo. Oh, I, I hate that. Yeah. That wait, that's supposed to be dust. Yeah, and that's. Not I like, thought that was Celine. I also thought that was Celine. Fuck. No, no that's uh, that's exposed skin in the middle too. Yeah, Ew. I gathered. Okay, for for all the listeners, picture in your head, Celine, tits out, like horizontal stripe down the front of your top as like your cleavage. Um, apparently, we're looking at a picture of dust. <laughs> yep. Fuck. Evil and in the future. That's yeah. a bad book, man. I do not advise anybody ever fucking read it. All right, we have two books on the never read list now. <laughs> you guys, say, you guys say never read. I say that's the break glass in turn. <laughs> we need content. Uh, so, uh, There's so much more of the New Fifty Two you haven't touched yet that like oh, you're you New Fifty Two Teen Titans. There's uh, there's more. I was content thinking about that me. earlier. I started. I randomly thought about Bunker today. Fucking Bunker. I want uh, gay representation. I don't want him. <laughs> not Scott LaBelle <laughs> gay representation. That's not what we asked no, no. Anyway, um, so they're putting all these kids on this school bus. Yeah. And then. Yeah. And Helen then. waves goodbye to. Helen looks really upset, actually. He's just like, later, Brian. Yeah. Later. Brian and, also looks very upset. And then they see the missile coming <laughs> and can do nothing about it. This book ends with the bus expl like just blows Boom. up. And the cover to the next issue is legitimately my favorite comic book cover in history. It's, it's so good. It's a tight shot of Mercury, and in the reflection of her metallic face is the explosion of the bus blowing up, and she is fucking blood curling screaming. So it's good. such a good cover. Yeah, so. Um, so technically that's the end of that arc and <laughs> um, honestly what a way to end an arc <laughs> but, a bus uh, the, full the next, of students exploding yeah and the next issue is the bus exploding and also intermixed with the first of 15 funeral eulogies read yeah. by Nightcrawler <laughs> yeah fucking so the, the pallbearers for for this are Cyclops, Colossus, Gambit, Cannonball, and Wolverine. Wolverine's wearing a bolo tie. Do you notice that Wolverine is holding his part of the casket with two fingers? Who's <laughs> <laughs> that behind Cannonball? I can't um, tell. Beast based probably. on the posture, it's probably Beast. It is yeah. Beast if you flip the page. Yeah, it's Beast. Also, Cannon. most of them are wearing suits, and Gambit is still wearing the head sock and, like, trench coat. Gambit is just wearing his costume! Cannonball's wearing a fucking bomber jacket! And cargo pants! This is not Gambit's entire day. He's got shit to do after this. Yeah, 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 no... Yeah, Scotty, no problem, man. I'll help you out with the with the funeral, but uh, I got somewhere I got to be at three, my man. You understand? I can't I can't break this appointment. <laughs> Impo important business, my friend. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh! Also, really quick, in defense of Cannonball, do you think that boy can dress himself? Oh no, de most definitely not. 
<laughs> I think not. The only time he ever looked cool was when he was dating Lila Cheney. <laughs> Cargo pants, <laughs> jacket, and sunglasses. Like, let him live. It's a funeral, Sam. Fuck. His brother is currently dying. His sister just lost her powers. His brother's gonna die in like five minutes. It's let him be. Fuck, Ma, let you let me leave the house? Things like that. Oh, Ma's in Kentucky. Ma will be here in a week, though. Oh yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. That that issue's rough, um, but so yeah. We see, kind of the aftermath of the of the bus explosion. Fucking is that uh, Rubbermaid who got fucking dunked like that? Yeah, I think so. Just demolished and like poor Surge. Her face, she per Surge got fucked up trying to save these kids. So they flash back between the eulogies and like the bus thing and they do this cool thing where they zoom in on somebody's face crying at the funeral and then they flash back to their face in a similar position witnessing the bus thing. Yeah. Uh, so they do a different version of the cover for Mercury as she's screaming and Serge runs in and that's when she sees like just poor kids. Oh god. Every it's hard. This book is brutal. Yeah. The uh, rock slide is Rockslide doesn't even realize what happened at first. Rockslide has a breakdown. He can't do anything. He yeah. he doesn't help. Yeah, he he can't. Uh, and they yell at him too. Like Hellion's yelling at him. He's like, "Santo, get up, Santo!" And he just he can't. And poor, I didn't think I'd say this when I first started reading this, but poor Hellion gets in and he tries to like save Tag. Like, he reaches in to try and grab him, and then it explodes again in his face. Yeah, because it's leaking fuel from the engine right next to where Tag is. Yeah. And they uh, do a what? really cool thing where at the funeral, they only show one side of his face. And then after the explosion, they showed, they turn to show that his entire right side is, like, fucked up from that explosion right now. Yes. Yeah. Like, his hair is burned off. Uh, his face is fucked. Uh, what the fuck is Laura wearing? It is a funeral did nobody whose clothes are these yeah that's no one she, that didn't seem like something she picked up for herself yeah this seems like something somebody gave to her as a rib maybe it was emma <laughs> maybe emma frost was mad again like like laura could have just shown up to this in her costume just the leather jacket she wore there like that's more fitting than this yeah. Also, really quick, I'm looking at these panels of Tag right before the second explosion. Um, it's unconfirmed as to whether or not he's already dead. Yeah, it's unclear. Like, he very well could be alive, and Hellion, using his telekinetic powers to rip the bus apart, might not have helped. Right. Which, who? And actually, Hellion opens it up a little bit, but uh, Surge is already inside the bus. Yeah. Yeah. It totally um, could be unrelated to him, but, like, yeah. he's probably anything, not going to think that. I think it's more likely that a spark from Surge's powers could have yeah. made that go kaboomy than... No, in the background, there's literally fuel or oil or something pouring out of an engine block, and everything's on fire. So, like... Oh, he just yeah, catches right. there, yeah. Yeah, that, was, that one was not on Surge. I hate Surge. I will not, I will not blame this on Surge. 
bitch. Uh, fucking DJ notices Laura. He's like, help me, help me. <laughs> hey, you're pretty. His dying words are, hey, you're pretty to Laura. And poor Elixir. This is the moment Elixir loses, like, a part of his soul, yeah, basically. Yeah, Elixir fucking breaks here. Yeah. Is that he tries to save this kid and he just can't. And he feels him die. Like, this gets mentioned in a later issue, which we're not going to cover. But, like, Elixir is traumatized because he can feel that this kid is alive and that he's trying to heal him and he just can't do anything about it. And the kid dies. And he literally explains it as a, like, and a part of me died, too. Because he could feel it. And he's never the same after this moment. Uh, He's crying. And, oh. Drama, man. Yeah. And... Book is so brutal. But even past this book, remember when he was in X Force, and the only reason he was there is so that like the non-healing factor members of the team could get fucked up, and he could just heal them. Yeah, there is the fun, very funny thing he does where he makes the Vanisher think he gave <laughs> that he gave him a tumor. Yeah. <laughs> and Vanisher's like, Vanisher's like, hey, can you take that thing out of my head? He's like, he's like, it was never there, dude. This is before he learns that he can give people maladies and ills. He yeah. will learn that soon. Which is a good... It's you, a great moment. If you decide that that's a character you're going to have around in this kind of application, you have to give him something like that. Yeah. yeah. But, he has like, to have I some can, kind of offensive capability. Right. It's, it's the Cypher problem. Like, Cypher was not a viable character 40 years ago. But now... Because he, his powers have been extended to Cypher can read your body language. They actually haven't done that since Krakoa started. Yeah, now, no, he just does the Warlock thing now. Yeah, well, because they, they even, on Krakoa now, they, right before, like, uh, Ten of Swords, they kept emphasizing, like, this kid's gonna die. Like, yeah, they're like, <laughs> fucking Cypher is gonna get worked. <laughs> but instead, he, got he just wife. got a cool wife. He got a big wife. And he's a wife guy now, and I love Cypher. I love Doug. Doug is incredible, but this is not Doug. <laughs> this is Elixir. Elixir is losing his mind, and Lori's telling him it's not his fault. Like, he he's not she... even looking at her. He's like... Oh. And then Dust is crying. And praying. And praying. Uh, and... He's... She tries seems... to save Surge, which is more than Surge deserves. Yes, yeah. but like us. they're supposed to be friends now, or something like it. Which is weird because even though that's that's supposed to be the case, like uh, Surge still wanted to switch rooms. <laughs> yeah, Sur well, yeah. Surge was trying to get <laughs> Surge was trying to get nailed, brother. Oh yeah, God, actually, that's, that's, a good that's, point. that's valid if she lives. Also, uh, she switched rooms after the decimation happened. So, like, a bunch of people left. Just right, suddenly she's like, hey, this room rooms. is empty now? Cool. I'm trying to get lit up. Uh, Broken. So, uh, so, more dead kids. Yeah, we see the, the other open graves uh, and them just, the, the Nightcrawler having to give more eulogies it's very fucked uh and betsy the is of coffins. really quick there's literally 
15 coffins in a row to the side and they've pre-dug all the graves and they're just like picking up the next one gotta keep going wait this is an all-day affair uh so we cut back to inside betsy is pissed (laughs) yep yeah she's going in she's she's yelling at the at the sentinel squad leader she's like we had to bury 15 of our own because even in death, their families didn't want them. We tolerate your presence, and for what? The Sentinels didn't stop this. The Sentinels were supposed to be there to stop this. No one and, stopped this. And they're like, well, you tried to smuggle out the remaining Huden students. You idiots couldn't see a missile in the Sentinels. <laughs> yeah. And then, Gaslight Gatekeep Girl Boss Valerie Cooper shows up. Uh, side note, I love Bishop holding Psylocke back. I think. She's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, let me at him, let me at him. Yeah, like, she is kicking and yelling, and he's like, hey, Betts, <laughs> I need you to calm down. I need you to <laughs> please relax. Oh, God. And the next page is fucking brutal because uh, a side effect of Emma Frost's diamond form power is that she cannot use her telepathy, but she also doesn't feel emotions. Right. When she's in diamond form, no emotions. They don't exist. So she's sitting at her desk, looking at photos of her students, looking very sad. She turns to diamond, she scratches her desk, and she just sits like staring into the middle distance in diamond form. Yeah, just 10,000 yards there. And uh, Mercury and Mercury and Hallian are talking, and uh, he's like, "Hey, I gotta go check on Sophia." And she's like, "Dude, Windancer left yesterday," and he just fucking breaks down. He's like, "What? <laughs> Don't fucking lie to me. You're not funny." So he's and- now. Let's see what. Let's list what Hellion has lost. He has lost the respect of the teacher that he like craved the respect of. He has lost his leadership position. He's lost his girl. He's lost his best friend. He's in the process of losing another best friend. In the process of losing another best friend. He's he, having a, he's having a bad time. He he <laughs> is the only comic book character I could think of to have a 2005 that rivaled Tim Drake's. Because <laughs> <laughs> Tim Drake's 2005 was dog shit. <laughs> It's so bad. Lost his dad, lost his girl, lost his best friend, probably more. Lost his other best friend. Uh, one of his classmates got shot in the face in front of him. Yeah, the, the, poor it, boy. His, his stepmother died in a nuclear bomb attack. Because <laughs> everyone yeah. always forgets the poor <laughs> sweet Dana Drake went Lived into in Blue a, Haven. She went into a catatonic state after Jack died. Went to blood. They moved her to a hospital in Bloodhaven, uh, and then and the Bloodhaven got nuked. And played, Bloodhaven got nuked. Yeah, that um, God, fucking two thousand five. Bad year. Um, <laughs> Bad time for everyone involved. Norico- what a time to be reading comics. Imagine every single comic on your pull list every single week. Is every this- single week you pick up a comic, and it is this level of trauma and devastation. The mid two thousands were fucked up. What's your feel-good comic journey style? Like, what makes you feel good? Because the Avengers are, uh... Decimation. Civil War. Um, yeah, I was about to say, Civil War is getting ready to happen. Uh, Annihilation is either happening or about to happen. 
in like the Marvel Cosmic side. 2005 uh, is also Infinite Crisis where Superboy yeah. dies. So I would have been sad about that because Teen Titans would have been the comfort comic. Identity Crisis was also around the same time. Jesus Christ, that's brutal. Um, 2005 just seems like a fucking wild time. Terrible. Not a good time. Not a bad time. Wow. That's why a lot of people start reading comics then. Um, oh, very, very edgy. Yeah, cut to... Uh, cut to... Everyone emotionally trying to process things. Right, yeah. And then... Uh, Hellion gets back to Windancer's room and realize she's, realizes she's gone. Um, and blows the window out with his, uh, with his TK. And... Icarus is reacting. He, re he found out what's happening. Uh, Cannonball just can't can't tell it can't tell him what's happening. He's like he's closer to Paige anyway, but I just I don't know what to say. I was right there, Scott. I saw it coming. The bus had left already left. I just couldn't get there fast enough. I couldn't save those kids. I couldn't help Jay. This is me reminding you all that Cannonball was supposed to be the new Cyclops, and instead decided to give up on his potential to go be a family man. <laughs> and I love that yeah. for him. Well, he didn't give up his potential. Right. Marvel like, gave up his potential. Marvel gave up his potential. Also, really quick, I don't think Cannonball is the one who's pallbearer, because Cannonball there is wearing a different outfit than whoever is the pallbearer. So I'm trying to figure out who the fuck wore a bomber jacket and has blonde hair, and I think it might be Alex Summers. So, uh... Actually, hold on. I think it might be. I think he might just have the jacket on. No, 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 because yeah. whoever was the, the pallbearer before it's was wearing cargo pants. And Sam is wearing slacks here. Oh, you're right. So, yeah, that think, might be Havoc. I think it's oh, Havoc. Havoc also can't those dress himself. Goggles. Those are shades. Yeah, they're shades, not goggles. And that person's wearing a belt, so you wouldn't have suspenders like how uh, Cannonball does. Yeah, Holy that's shit. what... And, and he's only in the one panel, and I can't see other panels of the pallbearers to I, check on, I, like, who it is. It's the one panel. I think it's Havoc. Actually, wait, because that's not blonde hair. That's The hair is, like... The hair's blonde. Is in the in the close-up shot? Well, uh, not a close-up shot, but it's, like, the pallbearers. Well, anyway. The in the wide shot with the caskets, if you... They're, you know how they do that thing where they, like, make really undetailed but detailed figures? Yeah. yeah. That person has goggles on his forehead. Okay, maybe they just got confused. Never mind. Yeah, they may have just—they may have just fucked that one up. But I yeah, mean, I think they fucked that one up. Yeah, that is Sam. I think they fucked that up. Okay. Well, at least we—because I was looking at this and I was like, look, he's actually wearing sensible clothes for this <laughs> shit thing. That I was my—that was my main point. These are dad's clothes. They probably drew this after and was like, yeah, that man would—nobody would be wearing cargo pants. To yeah. Oh God, you're right. They are probably his dad's clothes. These, these pants are, are way too big on him. Yeah, that's what I noticed. Like these pants are huge on Sam. These are his fucking dad's clothes. Oh man. Oh God, he probably wore them to his dad's funeral too. He probably wore them to his dad's funeral. <laughs> these are his funeral clothes. Ah. Uh, uh, poor, his poor kid. So yeah, Paige is telling Icarus about. Yeah. The bus. Which shout out to Paige. Shout out to Husk. She doesn't get a speaking part in this comic at all. Nope. Uh, so, I don't know if it's explained here, like, if they ever get into why, but the reason his healing factor is inactive is because his, uh, 
His, they're tied to his wings, apparently. Yeah, I kind of gathered that. Like, he doesn't have his wings, therefore he can't heal himself? Yeah. Which stinks. It stinks to high heaven. Uh, yeah. This, this book ends with Stryker staring at a picture of... He says, we know who our most, next target must be. And it is uh, Elixir and uh, Wallflower. Which is a fake out, kind of, because the it says right before that, it says, another has been marked as an Omega threat. And then they show a picture of Elixir and Wallflower. The implication is that it's Elixir because he is an Omega level mutant and they've declared that before. Right. Spoiler alert, it's, it's Wallflower. Wallflower. Right. We're not going to go through these issues here because we'll be here all night. But yeah. basically what happens at the end of the next issue is they kill Wallflower. Snipe Wallflower. They, yeah, Matthew she's in the middle of, When she's in the middle of a fight with Elixir because Elixir, like she's trying to be supportive and Elixir is traumatized and he's basically like, I'm a violent person now because I'm so upset. And like in the middle of him talking about how like traumatized he was by not being able to save the guy that he was like holding dying in his hands, she gets shot in the head in front of him and he just for an entire issue cradles her body and cries yeah yeah it's that's what he does he just holds her and keeps saying i'm sorry and then they take her body and he just sits in the corner of the morgue yeah he's just crying saying, yeah uh and like, so jo- so uh, many kids die in this book yeah and then jay goes to talk to striker and he's like you said that you would if i gave you my wings you would save my friends. And... If, if I sent my wings back to God. Right. Is the implication, which is insanity. So yeah. Jay was the one who told them about the bus because Stryker mm-hmm. told them that they were in danger and to warn him so they could protect them. So Jay told them about the bus because it was heavily Jay... implied to Jay that they were going to be saved instead. Right. Jay thinks he's doing the right thing. Uh, and is manipulated. Uh, Which is kind of convoluted to me because it seems like they put that, they tell them that bus idea really quick. Which, granted, the, the purifiers are kind of like a military thing, so mm-hmm. they could mobilize pretty quickly, but that that feels a bit of a stretch. Well, I mean? it's we find out later that he called them, like, in the, from the infirmary. So it was after he, uh, it was after he gets there with his wings removed, he calls them to say, uh, it's from here. Right, but my thing is, how does he even know about the bus? Because he's in the infirmary, and Emma doesn't tell the kids until the the, uh, the assembly. I guess they figure... Those... Dwyer's about d- it. Big, yeah, big Dwyer on that. Uh, and, uh... Yeah. And uh, also, during this, Stryker it's like, oh, and as you prayed, you wouldn't be reunited with young Miss Cabot, who burns in hell for love of the mutant. Oh, and Jay, her death was no accident. I led those men to the machines that killed her. And then he shoots him. Uh, Which is absolutely also heartbreaking. I remember the very first time I read this, I didn't know what happened. 
yeah. to Jay because I hadn't read any like X-Men comics in between and he had like just come back from Krakoa so I didn't know how recent that was and I was thinking to myself like you're gonna get out of this you're gonna get out of no, no. <laughs> like I am not even kidding they average not average there is a minimum of one dead child every issue for five straight issues yeah like and not just like mentioned that they die literally killed <laughs> On panel. Yeah, like, in that same issue, they make you think that Dust gets shot. Uh, but in reality, it's Laura dressed as Dust. Yeah, Because right. Dust is back at the house destroying people. You know, Dust wakes up in the bathroom in, like, this, like... <laughs> Whose fucking pajamas are these? Laura's. <laughs> Laura's wearing them. Uh, in Laura's clothes... Laura has, like, also, like, curled her hair. Like, <laughs> Dust wakes up and she looks great. Uh... <laughs> and San Santo goes, holy crap, Dust, I'm not supposed to see without your special outfit on. Which, good on Dust for under... Good on Rockslide for kind of understanding that. He's trying. He's... Yeah. You know. <laughs> He's trying I'm to be a good that, boy. That bus, that bus stage, it, it, it completely changes not even him, but how they write him. Yeah. And then um, the shit in Limbo does too, though, because he, he gets fucked up in Limbo. Like, yeah. Granted, uh, it doesn't kill him, but he gets fucked up. Yeah. Like, and so then... Well, I should mention, so Lori was killed because they have like these visions of the future from Nimrod, uh, who's from the future, and the future is changing when they do stuff and they have these like new visions that Nimrod, who they believe is like sent from God, will show them. And um, originally Lori was the one who stopped the invasion of the Institute. And so that's why they called her like an Omega threat and shot her. And then the second Lori was dead, it was dust in the video. They were just right. like, oh fuck, it's gonna be dust. We gotta kill dust. So they get Jay to lure dust out, but then it's the, it's actually X-23. Um, and the vision doesn't change, but Nimrod comes online, and Nimrod realizes that if he tricks the humans, he'll get his goal. Right. So he, he lies to the humans and says, like, oh, no, the future's changing. You won't die. You're going to be totally fine. <laughs> Which and allows then... Dust to do the most metal shit I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, she just flays an entire hallway full of purifiers. After they shoot a child in the face, yeah. once again, at least one kid shot or killed, actually shot, and on panel, and killed for five issues straight. It's, it's brutal. Um, and that's, that's that on uh, our trip through Academy X here. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed the last three hours with us. I'm, hey, we kept it under three and a half. I'm going to call that a success. Uh, yeah, I, and also, like the you got to remember, the first, what, 30 minutes of this was all of us getting technical difficulties straight now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but thank you all for hanging out. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at MCMFPod. You can follow me at Archer Arios. That's A-R-X-H-E-R-A-R-I-O-S. Do not make me explain why the X is a C. Uh, it's a very long, stupid story. Uh, we... I think because this worked, <laughs> we're going to keep trying to do this every few episodes. Um, we've got some some ideas 
floating, knocking about. Um, and uh, we're excited to get them out when we do them. Uh, you guys got any closing thoughts, as it were? Justice for the Academy X kids. Holy 100%. fuck. <laughs> Hundred percent. Um, uh, and fuck, fuck Marvel higher-ups for basically derailing an entire generation of X stories. Yep. Just to try to push Avengers movies. Yep. Yeah, uh, that's about it. We're back on track now. We are we are in God's country, friends. Um, yes, I'll show up a lot on Krakoa. If you want more Academy X, read the X Factor, X Factor book. Uh, yeah. It's incredible. And all of these people are alive again, and they have a nice house party where they all hang out and have a good time, and everything's okay because everything's beautiful and nothing hurts. So Everything's beautiful, nothing hurts. Thank you all. Have a good one.